Welcome to the season in review. We had our wild card series earlier, and here we are to review the season that we just had, which includes wild card series, and look ahead at the playoffs. Before we get to that, I want to take one more chance to thank everyone that donated and just Sky in general. We raised at my last count $949 for Jack Wolf, and I am absolutely floored by that. I asked Mike before I put that out there if he was okay with this because I didn't want to see I didn't want to seem like I was groveling for money or, or or begging for donations, and I really hope it didn't come across like that. And when I see that Sky as a group as a family came and donated nearly a thousand dollars, which is nearly a tenth of what our of what my entire class was looking to generate for Jack. Nine hundred and forty nine dollars. I just want to say a big thanks to everyone that donated, just everyone in Sky for helping me for helping Jack more than anyone, for helping me reach my goal and and letting Jack get closer to his goal of meeting Brown star running back Nick Chubb. I cannot say thank you enough for everyone involved. With that out of the way, we had some damn great postseason baseball earlier tonight. And to talk about those series that happened and the future series, joining me are Philadelphia Trent and Atlanta Deers. How are you guys doing tonight? We're both in celebration mode. Uh, I'm just trying to get in touch with my inner Omar Ortiz. Right. To do a great job. This particular pod. Very exciting. Very exciting. So I think this is a genuine question. Before we dig into anything else, who do you think is on Jason Tarlow's shit list higher? Lee Mudra, Omar Ortiz, or more importantly, Hector Zaragoza. I got to uh, remember the Mudra home run. It was like a three-run shot against... It was off of In Game Pelton. 7? In game yeah, that seven? was in Game, game seven, 7 off of Pelton. And yep. that was in like in the eighth inning when he they pitched him for 150 pitches or yep. something. Ooh, that's tough. I, You know what? This Omar Ortiz one's tough to top because this series yeah. was all but over. Uh, I mean, the fact that it's just the ninth inning alone makes it feel worse. But that might just be recency bias. It it is I I think a couple of things. First of all, the Lee Mudra homer was perhaps a more dramatic home run, I think, because it was game seven of the regional finals, right? There and was and a, that was a chance to go to the Skyline Cup series. Exactly, and that Pittsburgh right, team was like, only an eighty one win team. It just seems it just seemed a lot it just seemed a lot more I don't even know what the word is. A lot more dramatic, right? But Omar Ortiz was a pinch hitter. As much as I bitch and complain often with others and often correctly about how the AI screws us up, this was the AI done right. Pinch hit the lefty masher against the lefty closer Zaragoza. Dong, series over. And With, with two outs in yep. the ninth yeah. in a deciding game. So yes. I think the Mudra home run was uh, we actually were watching the full replay. So that might just be why it feels more dramatic. This it is could, and, uh, it could be. It, it honestly could be that we were in game for that. We saw that happen. Right. Ortiz was just numbers flashing on the screen. It was three two and that, and then it was four three. 
Right. Correct. That's a good point. And I think the rich brings up a, a good point about recency bias. A lot of these biases are pretty big drugs. Right. But uh, I mean, but the man is legit and has been his whole career against left handed pitching. I mean, he had a 950 OPS this year against lefties. Like, say it out loud. Like, he is legit against left-handed pitching. And he can't hit righties to save his life. But it is not really Babbitt-fueled. He's just a really good hitter against lefties. So, in that way, good job by that GM. What a smart man he must be, going to get the lefty manager. (laughs) It is cool that he pinch hit for Larry Luton. And you acquired him by trading away Larry Luton. It's a neat. I didn't know Omar Tees existed until today. So maybe it's extra special. I'm sure we won't forget him. He'll go into infamy like Davin Tooks and the rest of them. That's did right. Manon, did Manning make the, the playoff roster? Did Manning did make the playoff roster. Yeah, the guy left off the playoff roster who people will know. It looks like from my from – my, uh, view. It doesn't look like Eddie Mann and made the playoff roster. He's on there. At least he is on my view. Nor, uh, did, nor did John Carter. Is that why your offense was so shit that series? Boy, if Mannon's not on, that's a mistake by me. I won <laughs> that series without Mannon. Damn. I think you maybe won because you didn't have him. Well, see, he's a lefty masher too. Even in Philly, he has hit lefties pretty well. Uh, he's played like ass, but he's hit lefties pretty well. Um, but yeah, I forgot Manon. Uh, but John Carter <laughs> legit did not make the playoff roster with intention. It was either him or Leo Olvera who was going to be left off the playoff roster. And Olvera and, scored two runs. I mean, he, I mean, he was part of. He scored the game-winning run in Game Three. He scored uh, after Kihara walked him off. He singled there. I believe. Oh, no, he doubled. Excuse me. He doubled off of Zaragoza. Yeah, he also hits lefties really well. Can't do anything against righties. Um, it was John Carter or Olvera. Uh, and now I don't know what to do because I should probably get rid of another. If I get rid of another hitter, if I add Manon, I probably have to get rid of a pitcher. And I don't really want to get rid of a pitcher because. You probably have to get rid of Omar Ortiz. I probably, or or just get rid of Joe Roulard. Uh, what I should do is get rid of Joe Roulard. I should probably get rid of – well, no. Or, and or I he could, just replaces Phil Higgs because Phil I Higgs could, is injured. Right, correct. I could just get a replacement. I'll be all right. Yeah, no. It, You'll be all right. Or, so with I'll that – I'll put it together. But, but in any event, so yeah. So I mean, there that, are four let's games transition. To talk about, so but, in that yeah. Atlantic Division wild card series, Pittsburgh took games one and two. They walked off, I believe, on game one. They did. They did walk off in game one. They game one uh, 12 innings. Walked off on Phil Higgs. Phil Higgs did get injured in that game. Yep. That was and Philadelphia the last came back through. to win games three, four, and five. Walk off, uh, walk off in game three. Uh, I believe it was a massive, it was massive uh, fifth, sixth, and seventh innings. Ten runs in the fifth, sixth, and seventh innings for the Phillies. Uh, two home runs apiece from Roland Rodriguez and Lazaro. And, of course, the epic Game 5. So Philadelphia comes back from 0-2 against the Pirates, take the series in five, and here they are facing the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta dropped the season series to Philadelphia. Philadelphia did take 7-12. Eric Everett went 5-7 against Atlanta. He's now in San Diego. Omar Ortiz went 2-4. Pedro Canizales, 10-26. Canizales is hurt. Ryan Lazaro, 12-38, two home runs. 
Roberto Rodriguez, 11 for 38 with three home runs. Trent, what did you think of Rodriguez there in that series? Uh I think he was striking out a lot, but he did hit a he did hit a home run in the home run fest. Uh, yeah, two in the home run fest. Roro is gonna do that. I mean, that's the sort of player I think he's gonna be. Um, if he settles into his uh, currents as opposed to his potentials, uh, that's definitely the kind of player he's gonna be. Now the strikeouts probably come down a little bit, um, but you know we'll see what he we, we'll see what he turns into. Um, Right now, because of injuries, he's been playing right field against righties for us uh, so that Lazaro can DH. I've determined that Roro's better than Lazaro out there. And uh, and we have the other defensive help to go around with Kihara. And Tommy Byram's an excellent defensive second baseman. So, uh, so against righties, that's what we do. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Maybe not. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Roro did not have a terrible series. He had a terrible terrible one game where he struck out uh, a whole bunch of times. He did game one, one for six, yep. a run scored and four strikeouts. Yeah, but that was that was it. Beyond that, it wasn't great. Now, seven strikeouts in five games is, is not really good, but, uh, but we'll see. Uh, he obviously had the great game, uh, game four with two dingers, but, but we'll see. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do uh, against the Braves. Uh, I haven't really looked at the Braves, I got to admit. Uh, I know they have the one lefty, Cortez Valdez, so there will be uh, more Omar Ortiz sightings. Uh, and that's why we got Eddie Manning. He plays against lefties. So <laughs> we'll play him against lefties. I mean, we love Eddie Manning. We've loved him since he was drafted in Cincy. I was disappointed that we had to trade him away. We were in cell mode, but we're, we're happy that he's in Philadelphia. We're disappointed at, at how poor he played in Philadelphia, but – it is what it is. But again, on the opposite side, the 99-win Atlanta Braves, best hitter among the uh, the players that, that played decent amount. Danny Sosa, 10 for 21 with a home run. Ernie Villanueva, 16 for 49 with four home runs. Nehemia Robinson went two for seven. So, Dierich, talk about these Atlanta Braves and how much the loss of Dante McKnight will hurt the Braves. I'm glad you mentioned McKnight because I think that's the most interesting piece to talk about. You know, other than that, we're completely healthy. But McKnight is a major blow. Um, if you see just his numbers, uh, he went bananas. He's a rookie. Got called up um, right before the last interleague section, played 30 games, and was amazing. And during that stretch, the Braves were basically unbeatable. Um, we desperately needed some more power. We desperately needed another lefty. And McKnight was perfect. So it sucks. Uh, we're a lot worse with him not in the lineup. But that said, I didn't think I was going to have Dante McKnight at the beginning of the year. This means Joe Marquez plays. I'm fine with that. So all in all, the Braves, I'm pretty happy with our health, pretty happy with the team, and pretty happy the Phillies won. And why are you happy the Phillies won? Did you not want to play the Pirates? <laughs> well, of course. Uh, I mean, it's fun to play the Pirates. It always is. But I just seem to lose a lot against them. I'll, I'll take my chances. And, and how's your Phillies. record with the Phillies in the postseason? I've never won against the Phillies, but I think I took you to six games or something. So yes, that's something. that is correct. Yeah, that's, that's something. But really, uh, the Phillies without Dave Skinner aren't nearly as scary to me as uh, they were with him. And so if I had to play Abdurinos or I play Pizana, I'd rather play Pizana. Um 
he had an awesome year. He's an awesome pitcher, but he's a lefty. We're righty heavy. Uh, he's the only scary pitcher, I think, on the Phillies. It's truly scary, and I think we match up well against them. So I think this is worth noting. In Ricardo Pizana's first 32 starts this season, he had only given up seven home runs. In each of his last three starts, the two postseason starts and his last regular season start, he has given up a home run in each start. Which Pizana is closer to the real Pizana? The one that's given up a home run in each of the last three starts or the one that only gave up seven in his first 32? Uh, if that's a question for me, um, I do think the home run rate was abnormally low this year. I don't think it's sustainable at all, at least playing in that ballpark. But he's a rookie, so maybe there's more dev boost to come or something. Like if this was a stats-only league, I'd say, shit, maybe this guy is just permanently going to be a low home run guy. But I, I see pretty low movement, so I think that'll just naturally go up. You know, point four is crazy. you got to have yeah. 75 movement to sustain that. I mean, I think- it's worth noting, as we're talking about this, Pizana has my vote for Pitcher of the Year. I'm going through my ballots now as we're talking through this. Pizana is my Pitcher of the Year. I wow. Think- I voted for him as well. Uh, that means me and you, Jake, are the only two votes for him. Yeah, and I, I think it's deserved. Again, you, you, if, if anyone has heard me talk about any sort of awards throughout the year, when I look at pitchers, I look at or war more than anything. Pizana has that lead. Over Stancil, over Torres, over Hall, over Reyes, Pizana, the only pitcher in the East, over six and a half or war, and he's sitting there at 7.2. Yeah, it was really the, also the innings for me as well. Um, I know it's like a stupid milestone, but hitting 200 innings, I value quite a bit. And John Hall never gets there. So even though John Hall has better pretty much everything. Pizana uh, defeated him in war. In uh, ERA, excuse me. Yeah, he barely edged him out in ERA and did so in 20 more innings. So I went with Pizana. Whatever. It's a coin flip. It was kind of <laughs> I, I, I kind of voted for him just because it's fun. I think it would be fun to have a rookie of the year, pitcher of the year combo. But I don't think you'd go wrong with either guy. I I uh, have not looked at end of year awards yet. Uh, I very much agree with D. Rich that Pizana's home runs per nine of point four. I don't care who you are, that's unsustainable. I mean, unless you're you're vintage. Who was the guy that Seattle had who had like seventy five movement? Alvarado. Matt Price. Matt Price. Matt Price. Matt Price. He was a guy that you could see putting up point four point five home runs per nine. So Matt Everybody Price else, is lowest. Know. He had point. Three in 2014, seven home runs allowed in 185 innings. Yeah, unless unless we're thinking that Pizana is the second coming of Price, which I don't think is fair to Pizana. I think that that's not the sort of pitcher he is. Uh, then I think this number probably is a little overly inflated. I think everybody who pick pitches to a 2.63 ERA in our league probably got a little bit lucky somewhere, either with FIP and BABIP or home runs per nine or whatever it is. And that's probably the case here with Pizana. All right. We so, dear, let's get a different way of all the pitchers. How would you rank the 10 pitcher, the 10, uh, I guess the eight starting pitchers in the series, not counting Skinner. Cause I think Skinner would be arguably at the top. So looking at the eight pitchers that will, that will most likely make Ooh. starts in this series. Ooh. You've got Valdez, you've got uh, Rodriguez, Bedway, Soto, and then for Philadelphia, you've got Pizana, Rosario, Corbin, and Paris. How would you rate those eight? 
for what it's worth, I think Mazda is probably going to start over Soto. So that'll be my fourth guy. Um, I think I have the best two. I think it goes Valdez, Rodriguez, Pizana. I think that's the top three. And then it probably gets dicey. Because I, Rosario and Corpening in particular, I don't know what to make of him. Um, me and Trent have talked a lot about his home road splits. And he's just a mystery to me. Yeah. Uh, if anybody wants a laugh, you can look at the home road splits this year for Josh Corpening. Because Josh Corpening at home this year has been Rafael, has been Ricardo Pizana. I mean, he's incredible. And on the road, he's been like dog shit, like really, really bad. Yeah. And I don't know what to make of that. But let's be clear. He's pitching at home in the playoffs. I mean, I don't care what's causing this, whether it's luck, whether it's anything else. He is pitching at home every playoff series. Uh, now, in a three games, in a seven game series, that means that he pitches game three. And so if it were to go seven, he'd be on the mound on the road in game seven. But nothing you can do about that. Best I can do. Uh, given my pitching staff now, Corpening has to get two starts. It's not like I'm giving it to Jason Paris or, you know, Davila or anybody else. So, so, uh, we'll, 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 uh, line up the same way we did. Uh, uh, well, I guess I can't do that. I'm going to have to think about this because Pizana had to pitch game five. He can't go game one here. So. I'll have to push it together somehow, but we'll see what we do with Corpin and try to maximize it. Pizano would be ready for game three and game seven. I just know that based off, of course, being in the postseason. Right. Yeah, no, I think that he'd be all right for – yeah, you're right. He'd be ready for game three, not game two. Uh, but, but yeah, we'll have to see how I how I put it together. Uh, but but for now, just happy to have uh, beaten, beaten, the, beaten the Pirates. Uh, that first series feels like – uh, like if you lose that first series, it almost feels like you weren't in the playoffs at all. Feels sort of, you're so excited to make it, ends up on a downer, right? Um, everything else is gravy. Now here's a question: the, the Phillies are the underdogs against the Braves, right? I mean, everybody's favoring the Braves to win this series, right? I would be, yeah. I mean, I think you have to, right? Like, oh yeah, 15 wins better than the Phillies. I mean, right? They've got to be. Um, and so yeah, anything beyond this is gravy. I get a couple of wins, make it a pretty good series against the Braves. I'll be satisfied with the Phillies year. Um, now, of course, I'm going to try to win. And if I do, and the same Phillies team, again, vanquishes both the Pirates and the Braves from the playoffs, like, I should freaking run for president. Like, I'll tell you what. Like, because nobody in the skyline will be more happy that I have vanquished the Tarlow and the D-Rich. Right. Like it will be so I will be screw Joe Biden, screw Trump, Snyder for president. I will vanquish both of the Atlantic teams that people love to hate. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I uh, it might happen. You never know. Yeah. I, I don't but, think I can disagree with anything you just said there, Trump. But the Braves are really good. We're probably going to lose. Definitely have to favor them. Remember, you beat. D. Rich in the season series. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I would have to go back in and look at some of those games. I have to check before I export. Probably too late tonight. Sort of uh, individual team splits. See who's pitched really well against them. Things like that. But Skinner's but at now, our number. I'll say that much. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you'll see him late next year, maybe. So. So we've talked about the Phillies. 
Dear Schnauzner, for you to step on your soapbox, let's talk about the Braves. I, I don't have that much to say. Um, I think this team is really strong. I don't think there's a big weakness in this team. If there is, I would love to know it. Uh, we have the best bullpen in baseball. Um, up until I think the last sim, we had the best offense in baseball. Um, so we have a top three offense, top three pitching staff, number one bullpen, solid defense. Not a lot of bad hitters in the lineup. I, I think this team's really good. Is is it you know, a Rodinson Easterly platoon at third base? Uh, Dave Oster will be the platoon against right-handed Dave hitters. Oster, what a guy. The long con is complete. Oster <laughs> is in Atlanta. Yeah, you talk shit about a guy for that many years, and next thing you know, he's available for the minimum. He's played pretty well for Atlanta. So. You know what's weird is he's had like three good games and 37 shitty ones. <laughs> like when he, so, hit, when he hits a good game, he hits two home runs at a time. <laughs> so it's absolutely hilarious. All of a sudden, out of blue, D. Rich Diaz means says the long con is complete. <laughs> I can finally tell you that Dave Oster is actually amazing. Yeah, he's been good for a long time. Can't believe no one noticed. Oh, my gosh. But I have a, I've just a quick question. You're going to go Cortez, Valdez, Rodriguez, Bedway, and then uh, you're going to go with Maza, you think? I think so, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Uh, is that just to get the second lefty in the, the rotation against the Phillies? That's correct. And I think Tommy Maza's better than Soto. Um, yeah, so I remember mentioning Maza early in the season to you, like when he mentioned Maza, and he came on strong for yeah. the last four months. Yeah, you Bullet can look at his April material. versus the rest of the year. Yep. Bullet and board material. Board, both Soto and Maza have been really good this season for the Braves. Yeah, I don't know. I think I might, at current levels, maybe not for the future, I think I might take Pizana over Rodriguez right now. But Cortez Valdez is obviously the most talented pitcher of these eight. Uh, I don't know what to do with Carl Bedway this year. He's a coin flip starter, you know. Uh, Carl a, shit the bedway. Yep, he's he's had a pretty good career though, so we'll see. Uh, but he's still got high movement. That makes him a nice guy for pitching in Philly. Uh, I can't so. decide if Carl Bedway is already thirty three or only thirty three. It feels like only thirty three. Like I feel like he's been around forever. I feel like I feel like he has been around forever. I I don't know. I get. I think that probably means thirty three is about right. Right, like that's probably about how old he is. I think of him like on those 2005 Mets teams. Yeah, no. Some reason I I picture him there. He was not there, so yes. Um, Carl Bedway's had sort of a deceivingly average career, actually, like a career ERA of 4.36, 25 career WAR. Nothing to write home about when you've pitched your entire career in pitchers parks. 25 WAR for a player is that means you're really good. I guess. I think think so. I guess. I mean, what he is, is he's an innings eater. Doesn't get hurt a lot. Now, he was hurt a little bit this year. But, and those guys tend to be a little bit undervalued. Guys that just go out there every day, pitch, give you innings. League average ERA. You know who was an an innings eater? And I know that we're going to be spending a lot of time on this only because you guys are on here. Colin, Colin Card Cardona. Are we bringing up old demons for me? Absolutely. Trent, do you think you have a Cardona on this team? No, I do not. I do not. Apparently, uh, Skinner was a big Braves killer. But we'll have to wait until next year's playoffs. You heard me. I said it to uh, to uh, to to bring that out. Uh, I didn't realize that he retired. 
guess he retired several years ago. Yeah. Yeah. He was, wasn't it, was it two years in a row he ended the Braves season? In the yeah, once with the Expos, once with the Phillies. Yeah. By pitching, like, perfect games. Damn near so, no hitters twice in a row. I think he pitched eight in the season deciding, or in the series. It was a 27 strikeout no hitter for me in my brain. It was incredible. He pitched eight strong against the Braves. Like, yeah, no, that's that's actually worth checking out again. I should go back in and see what his career numbers are against the Braves. That would be. All right. Enough of Atlanta and Philly. It was a great series. It's going to be a great series. Very excited. Move to the north. Very exciting. Toronto and the Yankees. The Yankees have been such a strong team over the last month of the season. They were, at one point, I believe, nearly sixth in the division. Yeah. And then they come out 17-8 and eight in the month of September. And that includes back-to-back losses to start September. So, in reality, over their last uh, – in reality, in September, they went 17-6. and six. Yeah. Over their last 23, yeah. I think that, uh, I mean, I did not have uh, all four of the series like D-Rich was, D-Rich did, but I did pick the Yankees over the Twins. I thought that for a long time, this is the sort of stuff that Jake's talking about, that the Yankees were going to be out of it. It looked for sure like the Mets were going to be the number three seed. And I feel like Toronto should be shaking in their boots. I feel like... I feel like Toronto fucked Brandon over. That's what I feel like. Really? He he played every single starter the last series of the year for no reason. He swept the Mets. Uh, I I have to assume that he'd rather play Steve than play Brandon, which to Boy, me is a big surprise because I think I the think Yankees are is, terrifying. I think that's a mistake. Uh, this team is not a team that you want to face in the playoffs. I mean, I know Ryan Bradley was sort of bad this year, but boy— Howie Sullivan and Stansel. Is there a team outside of Seattle that can put up a one-two like that? I don't know that there is. I mean, and so. not just that, but because the series only went four, Sullivan is ready for game one. Not not just Stansel, but of course, if you're looking at ratings, Ryan Bradley. I honestly think he is screwed just because he's a flyball pitcher with with decently low movement that just has to play in in New York. I Maybe. mean, 66 home runs allowed over the last two seasons. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Definitely in the wrong park. I, I mean, of course, I mean, again, it's worth noting his road ERA was higher than at home, which I don't exactly understand. Um, And maybe there's nothing to it. And I guess maybe the good thing is that his arbitration number is going to be decently low. I mean, I think- two million for a 6570 starter. Steve is going to get really lucky with that. I wonder if he has um, Mondragon syndrome a little bit, where his primary pitches aren't very strong, and so that leads to giving up a ton of home runs. Because he doesn't have a great sinker, doesn't have a great cutter, has this unreal curveball. And that's Mondragon. Mondragon has like a 55 fastball and 280 He's got the the 55 fastball, the 55 slider, but the 80 curve and the 80 knuckle curve. Right. So I, I think that leads to more home runs. That's my theory. And Bradley might fall into that category. It's an interesting point. I'm surprised that he's not more of a ground ball guy, given the sinker cutter curve repertoire here. Um, and maybe now that I've said earlier that I'm not sure that it gets better than a one, two of Sullivan Stansel. Does it get better than the one, two, three when you throw in Bradley? Well, th- then you go to the Blue Jays, 
who boast Turner, Mercado, Anderson, Geraldo, and you feel like a dick, right? Because not to mention Arthur just sitting there in the bullpen. Right. Doritos sitting there in the bullpen. Yeah. Why do we not say fuck a bean more? Is it because he, he hasn't, hasn't won. won a championship? It's yeah. Because he hasn't won. Right. Yeah, maybe that's it. So all he needs to do is win a championship, so then we can all hate him and root against the Blue Jays. And I feel like we could have said that like ten in game years ago. Damn it. I mean, win a freaking series. I'm tired of this waiting till 2024 bullshit. Scott, you know what? He has to wait until 2024. You know what? Once Ralph Turner learned that third pitch, I have no sympathy anymore. Oh, I'm, I'm on that train. I'm on that fucking mean tra- train. He did not Already? need that. Yeah, yeah. Ralph Turner, man. Dude's unreal. No, it's not Ralph Turner. What's his? Ralph Simpson. It's Ralph Simpson. Oh, yeah. Oops. Ralph, Ralph Simpson, Turner. Ralph. It'll be, it's really interesting he's benching Arford. Uh, what do you guys think about that? So I am going to I'm gonna get on my soapbox here, and I apologize oh, no. to absolutely no one. I would have moved Geraldo to the bullpen. I swear to God, I think there's something to this role. Because you look at Geraldo, he has 75 stuff. If you were to look at all the 75 stuff starters in baseball, you're not going to see a single one with a K per nine below 10. And there's Geraldo sitting at 8.3. Am I missing something? No, you're totally correct. Um, the, I think the point that you're kind of forgetting is even if he does have a K9 of eight, he's Oh, he super also had good. a 369 ERA, but I also think a lot of that was Babbitt fueled. It's, well... I, He's, I, I, he I doesn't walk anybody. He doesn't. He give doesn't up home walk runs. anyone. And he doesn't give up home runs. I absolutely get that. He's a great starting pitcher. I don't deny that. However, I think he's slightly overrated just because he has that 75 stuff, and you see that 65-80 overall potential. Yeah, you I might feel. I ahead. feel like Sorry. a couple of things can be true at once here. It can be completely true that Bobby Giraldo was a great starting pitcher. I mean, he started all 31 games that he appeared in this year, and he is a 3.69 ERA, right? Pitched almost 200 innings, had three war. That's a really good starting pitcher. So that is just fact, right? And that said, instead of pounding the table, let's answer the question that's on it. Jake is not wrong about the stuff case per nine being off with Bobby Giraldo. What is the reason for that if it's not – borderline starter what i'm gonna need another explanation what is it is it just bad luck because last year he was in the bullpen 14 and a half k's per nine out of bullpen last year it it, this we're we're reading some tea leaves here this is getting close to some pretty circumstantial good scientific evidence that there's something to this after all and again you could look at someone like rory shockey or ron dorito when they were starters they had 65 stuff or something like that and you were to compare that with similar starters, and it just doesn't add up. I think, yeah, it's just the pitches. Um, whether or not it's his borderline starter, who cares? Um, I think it's saying that for the right reason. But, yeah, it probably comes down to the pitches, and it's the sinker ball that's 55, and that apparently is holding him back. I, this, I is, this is an honest question. Take away his 25-25 changeup. Or 25-30 changeup, excuse me. So he only has the three pitches. Does he look worse? Not having just that fourth pitch that, even though we know is crap, is still there. Do you think that's coded into it? I wonder. 
I That's don't really think good it's that. I, I honest I think to some extent it is the visual of having that fourth pitch. Oh yeah, I don't think the visual matters. Um, we've seen yeah. a lot of the greatest pitchers we've ever had are three pitch guys. They well, are. Right, you know, yeah. I'm I'm talking like when we rate a guy and see that they've got four pitches, but one of them's 2020. You still have that visual of the fourth pitch. Yeah. Maybe it's subconscious, but I, I swear I don't. I, I wouldn't think of that as a benefit. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I think that it, this is just a theory. I don't know about benching Arford for anybody, especially given what Geraldo did in the bullpen last year for the Blue Jays. But in this series, playing in Yankees parks, playing in Toronto's park, I don't know that I'd be interested in sending 45 movement Arford into Yankee Stadium. Oh, okay. I would. I wouldn't either. But at the same time, you can you can set it so that Arford goes games two and six. Well, you probably can. You're, I mean, you can set it going whatever you want, right? Because you have the buy. Because he had the buy, he can go games two and six. Yeah, I don't know enough about Toronto's park. I always feel like it's sort of a hitter's park too. But it, it is a good home run park. Um, it, it is. It is, and it's I, it's it's a plus home run park for for both sides. I, I don't know. Should, I think we should at, stop talking. Sorry, I'm cutting you off, Trent. No, I, that's okay. Didn't mean to. <laughs> uh, I think we should kind of forget about Geraldo as a. Uh, as a reliever or a starter, he's good, but he's right-handed. If I'm Toronto, I don't want to get built, beat by Milkman. So let me just throw an extra lefty and make the other guys beat me. I mean, really Munoz is a lefty. Star is lefty. I mean, again, Star might not be the guy to worry about, but he did hit well in that series against Minnesota, an 11.25 OPS. Now, Steve um, Miller and Beasley are both terrifying right-handed guys. As is, to an extent, um, Michael Terry. I would much rather say, okay. Michael, Matt, T- I, yes, I would rather say Michael Terry beat me as opposed to Manny Fuchio beat me or Franklin Munoz beat me. Exactly, yeah. I'm going to be much happier just trying to take Milkman out of it because he is the guy. He's oh, yes, the MVP. Casey Dingley. Oh, yeah, Dingley's hot too. But, yeah, I, I mean, the Yankee lineup stacks, so they're, they're terrifying on both sides. I'm just going to try and dodge the best player with a former pitcher of the year. I think, like a that, I think that that is a good point as well. I don't know what you do. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Amin does. Doesn't have to necessarily go with the uh, group that's listed here on, you know, Toronto's page now. So uh, maybe he'll change it up. Um, uh, I think I agree with Derek that you probably want to pitch the lefty. Um, but I don't know. Boy, it's tough to bench any of these guys. Oh, to have these problems. Fuck you, Dean. Dear Lord. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've just seen the Braves and the three seed that they're playing in the Phillies. And Toronto and the three seed that they're playing in the Yankees. Toronto's better than Atlanta. Not by a lot, but better. New York's better than the Phillies. I think New York has a much better chance of beating Toronto than the Phillies do of beating Atlanta. I think this Yankees team is terrifying. I think I might feel differently if the Phillies were at full strength, still had Canizales, still had uh, Skinner, but I feel like the Yankees are a dangerous, dangerous team here. I totally agree with, uh, I think, everything you said. Um, like you said, the Yankees went had a really good September. Uh, I think that was just regression or positive regression, progression to the mean, because 
I think this team was just really, really unlucky. I, I don't think it's an 86-win team. I think the talent there is their top five team in talent in the league. Uh, this should have been a 95-win team in my eyes. Um, so, yeah, I had 86, three seed. I don't think of that at all. I think right. there's a good chance they could win any of the other three divisions with a little bit of good luck. You know what? The Yankees might just be cursed a little bit, too. I mean, what a disaster of 40 years they've had. So they haven't they haven't been uh, they have not pretty much been relevant since 1984. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we talk superstitions a lot. The Yankees might have something to talk about because it feels like they're unlucky a lot of the time. And this year was no exception. I mean, you, you want to talk about the Yankees as dangerous with Stingley or with, excuse me, with Dingley, with Fuchio, with Beasley. Toronto, you look at their lineup. Again, if you're to pull up the, 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 their current lineup just on the fire right now, you're like, oh, that's a dangerous lineup. Ramos at first, Howell at third, Rivera at second, whatever. Rivera, by the way, this year, it's scary that he can get better because we do not have his home run power full. And he was worth six and a half war this year. So it can get better. But do you know who's not in the lineup right now that's healthy? Jorge Flores, who had five war and missed September. And he's back. This lineup is dangerous one to nine. One to eight. One to eight. One to eight at least. The, the nine the nine hole lineup against righties and lefties, Schlegel versus Surrett. Not the best. But again, Schlegel hit OPS 809 this year. So who fucking knows? Yeah, he had a great year. Uh, yeah, some, guys, some guys didn't. Uh, Mason Cox sucked this year. Jordan Ramos sucked this year. Um, I think probably they might be scarier on paper than they are in reality because, I don't know, three or four of the guys just are declining and had down years. Johan Dunn, Lee Mudra. But right. you're right. Like The core of just Rivera and Flores is... I don't know. It's incredibly frightening. And you're right on Rivera. How good is that guy going to get? Right. He looks like you want Rivera or Milkman the next five years. Rivera. Not close. I think I'd go Rivera too, but I think it's a little closer. He looks like Keytech Kim with power. And maybe I'm banking on uh, the power at 65. And again, Rivera's not even 23. I mean,. It's interesting for me. Maybe this I is mean, just my scout. If, if, so, again, uh, I'm going off of Jerry, and Jerry likes him less than OSA. So let's look at OSA. Let's say that he completely fulfills what OSA has. 75, 65, 70, 70, 75 with competent defense at second base. What the fuck? Uh, on the bright side, the defense isn't going to be competent. He might be a DH. for. He's going to be a first baseman. He's at, he's at the minimum a good first baseman. That's the only right. downside. Uh, never been hurt, I don't believe. And, uh, yeah, Dan just posted what his scout has. I have exactly that, which is about 10 points higher 80, than OSA. 65, 70, 80, 80? Yeah, mine's exactly that. It's not fair. With 75 speed, nonetheless. Yeah, not not fair. We've never seen that before. Um, that makes Trujillo look like a minor leaguer. Hey, my scout wins. I have it potentials. 80, 65, 75, 80, 80. Not wow. to mention, the man has never been injured. Yeah, he's he's the dream. And and he's a switch hitter. Hits, hits righties better than he does lefties. Like, the, And he hits lefties just fine. 
Like not the Joe Kronk where he's 70 right. contact versus righties and 45 versus lefties. Well, it helps he's when you're confident you started, against lefties. It helps when you start at 80. So, yeah. Um, so it can't go down by that much. Um, but, but yeah. I, uh, yeah. He's incredible. Don't even know what to say. There are no words. Looks like a cheat code. Yep. Maybe it was. He he is. Fuck me. Like, really. Fuck you, I mean. You and this team. I I think I'm going to pick the Yankees to beat this team, and I hardly can believe the words are coming out of my mouth. But Toronto cannot make. They cannot make. The Skyline Series this year. The, the, the laws forbid it. They have to make it in even numbered years. So, also, um, Amin just pointed this out. I, I'm, I'm using Stats Plus here because I love their game log function because if you click on two game dates, like much like Baseball Reference, if any of you guys use Baseball Reference, if you click between two game dates, it tells you what they were between those two game dates. You look at Rivera's April, OPS 624. You look at his May, OPS 750. So if we were just to look at June onward, just from June 1 on, the man, OPS 1046, hit 356, and had 15 of his 19 home runs. Yeah, that's the, that's your MVP if uh, he played that way the whole season. Yeah. He was – hell, he doesn't even need to play that way the whole season. He just not – he just needs to be not shit on ice, right? Like he was downright bad. In April and May. If you look at it, the, Toronto did not start out or end a house of fire, right? Like, they were not fantastic early in the season. And Hold on, are we talking about Toronto? Oh, no, they were fantastic early in the yeah, season. Yeah, they were 16-6 and six in April. They were not great late in the season. That's right. They yeah, were, they, were, they were 25 and 20. They were 30 and 22 over their last 52. Yeah, it was something like. 15 and 15 in the second half of the North when I looked. Uh, now that was a couple weeks ago. I know they swept the Mets last series. So, but it wasn't, I don't know. Maybe some of that was Flores being hurt. We mentioned he's back. So, no, you're right. They did go six another last week. Other than that, they've been struggling. But that's kind of Toronto's MO is uh, they won 101 games and it feels like a disappointment still. They, they always feel like they underachieve and they still. Win 100 games. They're just that talented. Yeah. I don't know. But I think in seven games, fuck, both these teams are really good. They're really scary. Bullpens are good. Rotations are good. I think it's going to come down to who hits the most home runs since they're playing in those ballparks. And I think the Yankees have a pretty good shot. They have more power, I believe. Yeah. I mean, they're, it comes down to execution, right? Like, you know, uh, do the righties... Or do the lefties neutralize Milkman? Does Miller feast on them if that's the case? Right? Like, these are the questions that will have to be answered. Um, and the, the scary thing is that New York's throwing four righties. I uh, They might throw what's Kevin Howell is a lefty, I think. So they might, they might only throw three righties. Toronto's not that good against lefty pitching, but they are unreal against righty pitching. So that's not a great sign if you're a Yankee fan. I mean, they won 80 games against right-handed pitching this year. It's a big number. They were also incredible at home. Like, incredible at home. Wow, and the Yankees were awful on the road. Yep. They absolutely were. 
that's interesting too. Now, obviously, teams are usually better at home than they are on the road, uh, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. But the Yankees being uh, a six sixty seven team against righties that does not bode well, or the Toronto being a six sixty seven team uh, winning two thirds of their games against right handed pitching. It's not a good sign for the series for the Yankees. I just have a feeling about this Yankees team uh, that I can't shake. Plus, I am, you know, I'm a slave to tradition. And the tradition is that, you know, Toronto gets beaten in odd-numbered years. So, you know. And, you know, like, it, it always feels like there's something to a team who wins game 157 and then goes on a run. Right. Uh, I know the Yankees didn't win 157, but they basically did. You know, they yeah. got in. They were the last team in the playoffs. Feels like that could mean there's good little magic coming. There, there's something to be in a hot team, and as we've discussed, I mean, I know they won their last six, but still, Toronto prior to that series, they weren't really all that hot. This could very easily be a 98 win team, and they look a little less sexy without that three digit win total. Yeah, I think they're closer. Uh, these two teams are pretty are closer in talent than it seems for sure. Yeah. Uh, both teams are just. They're good enough to win the whole thing, no doubt. So it'll be a fun series. This is the most exciting second-round series by far, I think. Yeah. I don't know what I want more. I think I might want a mean to win at all just so that we can hate him and, you know, move on with our lives. Um, but uh, but it would be fun to see the Yankees go far. I don't know that we need Steve winning another championship, though. That's bad for the whole league. We'll have to think about that one. But are we ready to head out west? I mean, all, all of Steve's shit talk from midseason would be validated if the Yankees win it all. I know. That so would be I fantastic. personally don't want that. We can't have that, right? I'm rooting for the Yankees, big time. I don't want to play Toronto. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the fun true. one. That's the that's the marquee series, the primetime series. So that, that that's it with the North. Yeah, we can head out west, Jacob. Tell us what let's we head have. Out west. Let's start. Let's start. Um, the reigning champion, Texas Rangers. Again, a team that doesn't get a lot of talk. The Texas Rangers went 99-57. They did not have a single pitcher qualify for the ERA title. They did not have a single pitcher throw more than 120 innings. Reliever or starter? No one. No one threw for more than 120 innings. Okay. Jeremy Cook, a reliever, threw 170 innings, 107 innings out of the pen, did not start a single game, had 17 wins, tied for the lead, tied for the West lead. A reliever that did not have a single start, 17 wins. They call that a vulture win. This ugly mofo. Ryan is- Green, three starts, 57 relief appearances, a 1.87 ERA, 3.8 WAR, 15 and a half Ks per nine. Eight wins, tied for second on the team. I mean, I just I enjoy seeing what Matt does with his pitching staff, just because it's so out of the ordinary. Yeah, yeah. I love it too. Uh, yeah. I think you know Ryan Green was like this amazing reliever. Um, he tried starting him for a while. I like how he just said, you know what, he's better in the bullpen, but let me pitch him as much as humanly possible. And it's like he built this whole team around that, and it's worked. Um, I voted Matt for GM of the year this year, uh, not just for the creativity, but he won the division and he did so with a tiny budget, tiny payroll, just a crazy bullpen. It's awesome. Everything about this team is strange. 
if they go into this series with the Cubs, with the current lineup, their catcher bats lead off, their first baseman hits second. It's just really unorthodox. And, and it's Alex I, Pena behind the plate, who was exquisite it. with the Rangers this year. Oh my I mean, god! I don't think we've ever we have not seen Pena hit this well ever. I mean, since yeah, ever. I mean, eight sixty six OPS in Texas. Of course, sixty games with the best. If if you're I guess if you oh excuse me if you're extrapolate that to a whole one hundred fifty six game season, best ever. God, Toronto might have chose the wrong catcher. He's been awesome. He was really good in Baltimore this year before he got traded. He had a typical, you know, Alex Pena-ish sort of year. One and a half in, 60, in 75 games, no PS Plus, hovering at 100. That's that. That's like um, a but three, and then four, if you, you want to look at, okay, how is he behind the plate? Uh, a catcher ERA in Texas, 379. Yeah, it it is really interesting. This team. You know what is interesting? I, as I've mentioned, I have not voted. This does not look. This team won 99 games. I defy everyone to look at this team and tell me how they won 99 games. Well, look at the run differentials for the division, for one. I oh, the guess. Central sucked. That tells you a lot. I mean, the Atlantic's not good either, but... I mean, the Rangers went 23-2 and two in the month of September. Yeah, they just torched their division because the second-best team— both of their losses, both of their losses were 2-1 to one losses. In one of the games, they were scoreless going into the 10th against the Rangers. Jeez. Yeah, they, they beat up on this division. So I think you have to be crazy to not, to not pick them to win. I mean, one, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. They they lost seven games. They went what thirty five and seven in the second go round against the uh, against the Central. That's how they won ninety nine games. Yeah, I mean you're right. They were two runs short of sweeping September. That's incredible, right? Like that's incredible. And seriously, everyone that is watching this, go and look at the Rangers September specifically. The September 12th loss to Kansas City, which I think may have been the best game of the season. Scoreless going into the 10th. That's a good one. Stefan Williams for Kansas City went nine innings of shut-up baseball, struck out seven. Did not get a decision, which I believe is second only to when Dustin Keaton threw, what, 12 and two-thirds? Is that what he threw? Yeah, 12 and two-thirds. 12 and two-thirds on uh, August 18th. Two-thirds, 10 strikeouts, did not get a decision. <laughs> Weird shit happens in this division, I tell you. That, it, by the way, that Dustin Keaton game, that August 18th game, went 15 innings. Milwaukee won one nothing. I uh, I, I want to say a couple of things. First of all, I was going to say this earlier, and now it's up on Slack. Jeremy Cook is an ugly motherfucker. Like, <laughs> look at that player picture. Oh my gosh, that guy might have been really good this year, and he did have 17 vulture wins. He he looks like a vulture. That yeah. oh my god. Looks like yeah, he was. Are, are, this either, photo are either of you photo guys? Line. Um. Oh my god. Are either you guys college football fans? Nope. Yes. What do you want to know? Spencer Rattler. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. He he doesn't look unlike him. Yeah. I like. Uh, uh, I love the 17 vulture wins. Uh, I think that's sexy. 
And this team does not look in any way like a team that should be winning 99 games. So maybe it is the central. I think part of it is what D. Rich is getting at. It's just Matt. He thinks about the game differently than anybody else. Like, really. I don't know. I'm going to just say, I think he has the biggest balls in the league. More than a weird brain. No one else has the guts to fuck around. And Matt always does. Right. I mean, I remember when the when the Rangers were awful, like shit on ice for years. And he was still tinkering with openers and things like that. He made everybody a reliever or a starter. And it was just a disaster. Right. And people picked on him relentlessly. And now he's gotten the formula to work and he's running with it. So there was a record that I thought would never get broken. Lupe Villegas, 704 slugging percentage in 2006. What I, what I truly believe is the best hitting season of all time. Brian Herman broke that record this year. Yeah. Smashed Brian Herman it. became only the second player in Sky history to slug over 700. And he broke Villegas' record by 14 points. 15 points, excuse me. Herman slugged 719. And he OPSed uh, 1,110, which again, a massive number. Yeah, and uh, 189. Sorry, OPS 189 OPS. Yes, I believe that's, that OPS plus number still fell short of Villegas. No, it beats it. Did it beat it by by four? Uh, was it four thousandths of a point? Uh, no. No, it did fall short. It did fall short of Villegas 2006. That 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 slug that OPS number is fourth best all time. Uh, 1,110 behind Silky 2013, Trujillo 2011, and Lupe 2006. Yeah. Um, well, the problem that with Herman is the same thing that happened to Silky that 2006 season or whatever it was. Lost time. Is that he got hurt, right? I mean, seriously, because imagine just left. how good this season would have been if Herman stayed healthy. Herman was my vote for uh, for position play of the year. I don't think it's close. He's running away with it. He's got 17 of the 19 first place votes as of now. Right. He's going to run, run away with it. And he missed 35 games. I think that his OPS plus was 189. Yeah, that's sorry. That's what I was referring to. Lupe had 187, I think. He did. Yeah. The OPS was higher. It was and uh, it was Silkies was 188. Yeah, yes. I think that Silkies was close to 190. Like this is, I mean, all you have to do is it's not hard math to do. All you have to do is add another, you know, 250 at bats to that. He gets 700 at bats. This is the best season in history. Like really, yeah. in particular because in offense is way down this year. Um, so in comparison to the rest of the league, it's monstrous. Uh, and, like 2013 when Silky did it or 06 when Lupe did it, we were just scoring runs like nobody's business. Correct. Well, and that would show in the OPS plus a little bit. Yeah, that's right? exactly, and that's why the OPS plus is higher despite having a right. lower OPS. Right. And so, so that's that's that, that. I mean, he is uh, he gets hurt a lot. I mean, it's not ridiculous, but he loses time almost every year. Right. Um, and without that, I mean, is there a better, if injuries were turned off, Trent is emperor of the league, we turn off injuries. You want Brian Herman or you want Joaquin Nunez? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I like mystery, dude. I'd take the mystery, man. you take Nunez? I think I would. Because Herman is, um, as good as he's been, he's been really inconsistent. I think he's had two good years and a bunch of, like, uh, okay. Pretty so good I'm going to build off of that. Again, when I had Matt on the pod last year, we discussed Herman. We talked about how Herman had taken a relative step back last year. And I pointed out his BABIP. Yep. If you, and, and you see that, that you take out Herman last year, that 234 BABIP, 
is 80 points lower than his career average. His Babbitt this year was just a normal Babbitt for him, just normal 319. His career average is 316. I mean, you see that Herman is this good. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, he even hits against lefties and doesn't hit them as poorly as you would think, given his ratings. Like, he's actually really good against lefties. When you look at his ratings, you'd be a little worried. It's like 50-50-50-50-50. Career OPS 857, OPS 962 against them this year. That's really good. Like, he's never been really awful against lefties. I mean, the one year he was pretty bad, but that might— Yeah, that was was what? 12 games. That was 12 games. 44 at-bats. It doesn't even matter. It's just a small sample size. But, I mean, his career OPS against lefties is 850. Like, that's really good. Um, so, yeah. Uh, he, I, I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. I mean, he's just one of the best hitters in the league. That's what Silky was during his prime. He's just one of the best five players in the league. That's what Does he is. Silky make the playoff roster against Atlanta? No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Can you imagine how mad he'd be coming back with a vengeance? He would torch me, I'm sure. Is, is Jason Clark legit? I no. don't know yet. I don't no. think he's this legit. <laughs> he, it looks like, is going to win Western Region uh, Western Region Rookie of the Year by a wide margin. And deservedly so, I believe. Two, uh, uh, hit 250, 33 home runs, nearly four war. Oh, holy shit, that MFR is healthy now, too. He's going to play in the playoffs. So, Yeah, he had an awesome year. I don't know what to expect going even forward. The, even the defense was a little better than we thought it was going to be. If I told you his zone rating this year was negative 4.5 at short, I think I'd have taken the under on that. I think it thought it would have been worse. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, and he's someone, he's a switch hitter that hits lefties better than righties, which you love to see. Now, see, I do not love to see that. And I'm I'm with Trent. I I think that's a negative. Yeah. Really, you think it's it's a negative that he can hit lefties better than righties? Yes. Is you're, it because the ratings against righties would be so much higher? I I guess I I think if you're not if the ratings that are listed here are valid, taking into account the switch hitter, if the splits that are listed do not get added to because he's a switch hitter then I stand by my statement, I hate seeing guys that are switch hitters by lefties. If you're going to suggest that what's written here as splits, the ratings in-game, are not geared to switch hitters in some way, then I understand where you're coming from. I'm not sure I explained that well, but... That was very confusing. <laughs> but but, but I, I, I do not think Jason Clark is a four-war player. No. This is Jason Clark's career year. I'm willing to say that now. Yeah, I think he's our Linfoot for 2021. Feels hard to do it to a rookie, but I think that's kind of the truth. Yeah, I get What I don't like about Jason Clark is that my scout and OSA still have him at green, 55-55. I feel by rule, like the Linfoot award winner needs to be like a 45-50 guy almost, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But if he wasn't a shortstop, what the, look at the bars, you know? Yeah. He wouldn't be a 40 guy. I guess. I don't know. You're probably yeah, right. Jason Clark probably deserves it. I don't have any problem. I don't care who wins the Linfoot Award. But well, it's not a real thing. <laughs> but 
But, uh, but yeah, no, the fact that he's back in the lineup for Texas only makes them better. Is there any way the Chicago Cubs win this series? I think it's possible. Um, it was a kind of a bad sign that they struggled so much against Houston. I really thought they were going to just kick the shit out of them. And uh, they won just by the skin of their teeth. Because the yeah. Houston team was that just series, a shell of themselves. That series went five, too, didn't it? It did, and it was a one-run game. Yeah. All of the series were so dramatic. It's hard to keep track. But yeah, right. Houston didn't have Trujillo. They didn't have Camarena. They didn't have Ramirez. They were just... The Houston team that played that series was not very good. It was a shell It was a shell of the Houston team that played all year. Yeah. yeah. And you hate to see that, right? Like, it's awful, right? I, I know I hate to see it. Um, but... The, the yeah. most surprising thing for me from Chicago is that Vacciano went game one instead of music. And more importantly, Vacciano went game five when music would have been good to go for game five. Hmm. Uh, maybe he's just terrified of Jeff Purvis. That could be the thing. You want to throw a lefty. But I'm not sure. Or maybe he... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he didn't think music would be ready and he had to pitch... Jim I mean, if I'm if I'm Ryan, Jesse Hyde is my game one starter. Yeah, I think that Hyde goes game no one, Lisa goes game two, and I build after that. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I think that's fine. I mean, it goes to show the I mean, the Central's in obviously a conference, as we call it, or a region with the Pacific. But the Chicago Cubs are a playoff team, and they were eighth in runs scored in the conference and eighth in runs against. So this is, by rights, you know, a 500 team, maybe. Eighth and in defense playoff, as well. Right, and they're a playoff team, and they're a playoff team in the, in the Central. Yeah, I mean, so, so yeah, yeah. they're, the, they're at the epitome of an average ball club, I think. Right. I mean, they I'm, won 84 games this year. That said, I don't want to sell what Ryan has done short because I th- feel like this has sort of been a quietly pretty well-done rebuild. Um, I-, I like a lot of what I see here. I like Freddie Fiala, who finally came out of his shell. Freddie, my boy. <laughs> and uh, David Sandoval was back to being crappy, which made me almost happy. So that was good. Unfortunately, uh, Freddie Fialo returned to his 2020 form for the playoffs. He uh, only had two hits in that series. Oh, really? He was very ugly. Slugging of .091. Not what you want to see. Yeah, I would love to do more research and match up some of the Cubs hitters against the Rangers pitchers. But it probably doesn't matter because you never know what the fucking Rangers are going to do. Totally like, true. I, I, I mean, it doesn't even matter what those stats say, because who knows what the Rangers are going to do? I mean, the closer could come in in the fourth. I mean, it, 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 it's throw caution to the wind. Yeah, it, it's that's, impossible. That's one of the up. best parts of watching Texas, in my yeah. mind, especially calling them, is that I remember last year during the SES, I'm like, all right, starters going 70 pitches. We know that much. After that, oh, God knows what's next. Yeah. I think Texas has the better offense. I think Texas has the better pitching. Who the fuck knows how they match up? But, yeah, you'd be crazy to pick the Cubs, I think. I do kind of like this team. Texas lost their best starter from last year, and they won 18 more games. Yeah. 
When Corey Deering left, we thought they were screwed, and their starter ERA was fourth in the West, third fewest runs against. Well, he First and FIP. He went out and he got arms, too. Um, got Palacios and Mike Hughes at the deadline. They have a lot of depth, a lot of arms that work. And that's what he's good with. He just needs arms that work. Yeah. If you've got an arm and you can throw a baseball, he can work you in in some way. I will say this for the Cubs. Um, on paper, this team should perform a lot better in the playoffs. Uh, the back half of the rotation is was shit all year. Now you only have to pitch four guys. Vacciano, Music Hyde are all pretty darn good. I do want to mention something. Palacios appeared 15 times with the Rangers. The last, I believe, yes, the la- uh, 11 of his last 12 appearances were from the bullpen. Well, of course they were. Why wouldn't they be? He plays for Texas. I think it makes a lot of sense. Does Texas bring Palacios out of the bullpen? Does he? Does he? Does he? Does he have a righty version of Green? I guess. Does he have Palacios the right-hander and Green the left-hander? I would love to answer that question. I do not know that Jesus can answer that question. Nobody knows. I mean, I remember I, when I fucking love that nobody knows. Again, like, real life, Joe Madden. He would have he, he at certain points he would have a lefty and a right. He would have a lefty pitcher and the righty pitcher. And when the lefty pitcher wasn't pitching, he'd throw him out in left field. And when the righty pitcher wasn't pitching, he'd throw him out in left field or whatever it is, so that he could go back and forth. Yeah, that's brilliant. I wish we could do that in our game. That would be so fun to watch. To see hey. Green and Palacios just match up based on the pitcher, and whoever wasn't pitching was just in left field. I would not put it past Matt to do that if it ever comes to that. But, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. This guy looks really good, and he had a 5 ERA in Baltimore. And he was awesome in Texas. Yeah, it's that just the primary pitch. Yeah. I mean, hey, He just looks like a better reliever is all. Yeah. I mean, I'm not convinced that this guy is ever a real dominant starter, but I think he looks really good. I would like to mention before we before we move on, Joe Dufresne in 18 to third innings, 32 appearances, had a fantastic season. 30 strikeouts, eight walks, four hits allowed. No earned runs. I could not believe he was in the league still when I saw him on the Cubs. He's 41 years old. I I think he signed with the Braves basically when his career was over. And that was like seven, eight years ago. So if you want to take a uh, little travel through Joe Dufresne's career in 2015, or, uh, in 2015, a 6.84 ERA with Vegas and 50 innings. Signed with AAA, uh, Evansville, I believe it was, the Chicago AAA affiliate. Uh, five appearances in AAA, came up to the majors, 13 appearances, missed all of 17, spent uh, 18 in the in Louisville, so Cincinnati AAA, spent uh, 2019 in the Cincinnati Major League squad, 26 appearances, an ERA over 10. After that, is he re- uh, do I retire? Do I whatever? Nope. 2020 goes to Norwich, uh, uh, Norwich, the Baltimore AAA squad knows and is like, know what? I'll come back for 2021, my age 41 season. 
nine appearances in Norwich, comes up to Baltimore, does not, does not allow a uh, run in eight games, three innings total, then gets traded to Chicago, does not give up an earned run in 24 appearances. Unreal. It is. It is. He inherited 11 runners in Chicago, only let one of those 11 score. It is amazing how consistently left-handed pitchers can get left-handed batters out if used appropriately. Especially this guy. He's kind of like the original specialist in our league since he's been around so long. The loogie. Right. Yeah. If he throws strikes, nobody hits him. Right? Like even the ratings say that. All he has to do is throw strikes. If he throws strikes, you're not getting a hit off of him. Like just sit down. Yeah, it's a bummer he's hurt. I'll say that much. <laughs> I'd like yeah. to see him in the playoffs, but oh well, we probably shouldn't waste so much time on. Hey, you win a small prize if you can tell me who drafted Joe Dufresne. It's got to be Minnesota, right? Yeah. <laughs> you are correct. Well, you sorry, he was in Minnesota for like 12 years, right? The Twins, the Sly and the Twins. Good job he by Sly. Two, my first year, second rounder. And Joe Dufresne has seen a lot of injuries. I mean, he is a triple scroll guy. He's torn his UCL. He's had shoulder inflammation, back spasms, torn labrum, a rotator cuff strain, back spasms, more back spasms, recurring back spasms, back spasms again. He's a walking back spasm. You have to give the guy credit. He's 41 freaking years old. Yeah, wild to have. 80 stuff at 41. Never seen that before. Imagine that. That's really incredible. He still is an 80 slider. He's 41. And he still throws 92, 94. Yeah. You needed the lefty specialist. I think you could do worse than Joe Dufresne. You're not going to have to pay him a lot of money. Hey, I. That's exactly what I thought seven years ago, and he sucked for me. Hey, well, you know, (laughs) he didn't like the GM there. I hear. So, yeah, it must be. Must be. Uh, but, yeah, no, I feel like we're not giving the Cubs a fair shake here. But uh, I do think that Texas is the far superior team. But uh, that usually spells sweep by the team that I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, you know what? As The more we talk about it, the more I'm kind of liking the Cubs' chances. Uh, they're the worst team, no doubt. But what they do is they have a lot of home run hitters. They're going to be playing in Texas. They have a really good top of the rotation. Like, that's the makeup of a team that wins in October. Yep. I agree. It's uh, it's really interesting. Uh, but one thing I do want to say again, I said it before, want to say it again. Uh, congratulations to Ryan. This is now Ryan's team. Ryan took over for Steve, who left the Cubs after they won it all. And this is the Ryan team, and he's been successful in rebuilding it and got it to the playoffs. Congratulations to Ryan. That that deserves some applause. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the vengeful part of me wants to see Ryan get farther with the Cubs than Steve does with the Yankees. Oh, um, yeah. But I would never say that out loud, of course. I, I, I will happily say that out loud because that is delicious. Right? You know like, what? A Yankee-Cub World Series would be pretty rad, I must say. Oh, yeah. That, that would. That, I, that, I would agree with you there. That would very much rock, right? The Cubs in seven, right? Like, that would be awesome. You know, I, I like this plan a lot. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Is there anything more to say about the Central? 
Yeah, we can move out west, maybe. Out to Let's the Pacific. move all the way out west. The to real the west. Pacific. And this year's best team, to no one's shock, to absolutely no one's surprise, the Seattle Mariners. I'm kind of oh. shocked. I have, I, have, I have a nominee for Linfoot Award winner if we want to get rid of Clark. Is it their first but, baseman? It's, Mig- it's Miguel Fragoso. See, I like Fragoso. Yeah, I, I kind of buy think it. He has, I think he has a profile that a lot of guys have. I mean, I love his 80 contact, 80 avoid K versus righties. He is sort of a poor man's uh, done, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I think Sergio Carmona is a better uh, candidate for Linfoot Award winner, but Carmona's also hit everywhere he's been and looks huh. like he has a fantastic profile. See, I, if I was choosing Linfoot Award winners in Seattle, I think I might choose Sean Toby. He was pretty damn good. I, I mean, this is Zach's favorite player in the league, and it's and not close. Zach has a favorite player in the league, and it's Sean, Sean Toby. Toby. It sure is fucking Aaron Paris. And we care. Why? Well, he didn't shut up about him for about nine straight seasons. Yeah, no, this is weird. Now, of course, Sean Toby was awesome this year. Why does everybody who goes to Seattle hit really well? I can I've I, been trying to figure it. I've been trying to figure that out for 20 years now. I am fine with them pitching well, right? Like well, that makes loads of sense. But why does everyone who goes there hit well? How does John Shook hit well in Seattle? Well, yeah. I think they lead the league in BABIP uh, hitters like every single year. I don't have an explanation for that, but that always is the way it goes. Uh, this year. Oh, this year they didn't lead the league. They lost to Colorado, but they were third. They babbipped 330 as a team. That's fucking crazy. That is nuts. Yeah. That's a big number. Uh, And the other thing is they platoon basically every guy in their lineup. It seems that way. And I think probably four or five guys play every day, but they play a lot of different dudes. That's why Sean Toby's so good is because he doesn't have to play versus lefties. And Fergoso, same thing. Yep. Jose Galvez plays every day. But well, somehow you'd think he'd, uh, you know, be hurt every once in a while. But that ship has sailed. That dude's just healthy now. I don't get it. I I, I do not. Jose, have Jose Galvez retires tomorrow. Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely. I'm obsessed with Jose Galvez. The man is 32 and has 60 war. I think he I don't think he's Hall of Fame if he retires tomorrow. I don't know. It's pretty. It's. He does have two MVPs. He has so a he probably 9-10 is. career OPS. I know, but he just hasn't played That's that many games still. Famer. That's a Hall of Famer. All right. It's a, you know, it's more than just that. He has 1,700 hits for his career. That's all. Like, that just seems low for a Hall of Famer. He's I, great. I'm obsessed with Jose Galvez. 62 war is certainly enough to get in uh, by our standards. So. I mean, he's also got the two gold gloves. And yeah, two and position player of the year awards. He might I, I win mean, the gold glove this year. Yeah. I mean, look at all of those lauds. He's going to rack up black ink when he is up for the hall because of all of those awards and everything else. Oh, yeah. No. He's freaking getting in. He was better this year than he was last couple. Thought he was sort of on the decline because he hit 30. Happens to lots of guys. Back to 900 OPS. 
the defense is the crazy thing. He was plus four in center field. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be be between Miucci, Boren, Viela, and Galvez. Yeah, all guys. I mean, it could go to any of those four. I, my bet would be on Miucci just because he barely beats out for uh, zone rating and efficiency, but he also only played under twenty games. So yeah, maybe I don't know how the game does it. It definitely could be. It's he's had an amazing career. It just surprises me year after year after year. Do you remember us being like, let, I think Galvez is going to win MVP. He's probably going to have one healthy season. Right at this one. He's had he's, like seven right yeah. since then. Yeah, he's just right, been yeah. perfect. Yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. I will yeah, say that I'd uh, be a lot more scared of the Mariners if they had Tovar on the team. Yeah, you've been obsessed with this, and I hate it when Beaverich is right, as I've discussed at length. Um, and now that Tovar, Tovar has gained a pitch, I think what Dustin would say to you, and what Dustin has said to you, because yes. I was on the Scabcast when he said this to you, is that there was no way Tovar was coming back. No way. Tovar was not a Seattle Mariner in 2022. There was no way that was happening. And so why not get rid of him? To get better for the future. Your response would be. Fuck the future. Okay. <laughs> so so he took the Amin route. He took the Amin route of getting rid of someone that helps them now. For trying to stay relevant in five years. Exactly. And if they don't win the championship this year. Then. He probably has to think about it and say. Fuck maybe I cost myself this one. What does Steve say? Like Steve said some saying about spend your money now. Or else I don't know. He had a good zinger. I wish I could remember. I, yeah, well, again, maybe I, I Steve to, will I, tell us that. I try, that to, I try to tune Steve out <laughs> as much as I can. He's it doesn't help. usually work. He's scared, scared money, makes, money no money. makes no money, baby. Scared money makes no money. Okay, Steven. Um, uh, I want to talk about Arturo Alvarado um, just because, you know, that's always good. For just fun. because he's really, really good at baseball? Yeah. Oh. I, well, that's my question. Alvarado is signed for next season for $7 million. I have a question. What is Arturo Alvarado's war next year? If I set the over-under at two and a half. I'm taking the under. I think it's either going to be 0.5 or 4. You know, It depends on <laughs> if, it, if he gets the velocity drop. So the two and a half is a really good over-under, but it's not going to be – there's a really big standard deviation there, right? Exactly, so, yeah. Yeah. Because I, doing my award voting, I could not believe what a season he had. Um, he's not that far away from – I mean, he could have won Pitcher of the Year this year. I know he's not going to. Right. He's like – the fact that he's in the conversation at 38, throwing slow, not striking guys out, is remarkable. And like Dustin just said, he's not great. He's just good. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a solid guy. Lefties are always good. He's got pretty – Lefties aren't going to hit against him. If Alvarado retires tomorrow, is he a Hall of Famer? Uh, yeah, and that was true a decade ago. Yeah, he's on the yeah he's on the upper on the top floor of the pyramid. I'm just yeah. he joined. It's what Ponce and Aguilar are the only two unanimous guys. First ballot. Ramos was unanimous uh, second time on the ballot. Well, I Alvarado's got to be the third guy, right? I think Basinger will be as well. Um, and I'm trying to think of others. Silky. Maybe. I, I would think Silky. I think there'd be a lot of guys. Silky Trujillo. 
A lot of the greats should be unanimous. Whether or not they are, who knows? Again, Ramos should have been unanimous the first time around, and he didn't even get in. That was the maddest I've ever seen, Jake. Oh, my. He was fired up about that. And rightfully so. But, yeah, I'm just assuming he's got to be 100%. You'd have to be nuts. But we have some people who hold grudges for small reasons in this league, so maybe Dustin rubs someone the wrong way and they're going to spite him. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. Is there a weakness on the Seattle Mariners? I think the offense is still a weakness. I mean, um, we say that, and they were tied for third and run scored, first in batting average, second in batting war. I know, I know. I'm just If there's a weakness, it's the offense. I think they might have some trouble scoring runs because they don't hit home runs. And when you're play, facing the best pitchers in the league, your singles hitters probably aren't going to be as successful. I, what what pitcher on the Knights scares you? Um, I suppose the Knights in particular. No one's that terrifying. God, you know what? The rest of the way, the the West. Who's the best pitcher in the West? There's really not a terrifying uh, ace that's not in Seattle. Is, is it Ryan Green? <laughs> yeah, like is, if, if Ryan, about is it, Ryan Green the best pitcher left in the West? Left in the West? Well, are uh, you doing aside from Seattle? Yes. Yeah, that Seattle would have to face. Maybe Jesse Hyde. Oh, yeah, he's good. That's a good point. I was about to say, because it's Antonio Diaz is the answer to your question. He's the best pitcher in the West. Yeah, no doubt. Still alive. I mean, if it's not him, it might be Alvarado, as frustrating as that is to think about. But, but So to speak on the Mariners' offense a little bit more, um, I talked about how they like to pl- platoon a lot. That's kind of how he's got the catcher whisper monologue or what catcher whisperer tag. That's what we call him. Mm-hmm. He's always played two catchers. I think he plays two second basemen, two left fielders. He, he plays the platoons. Yeah, I think a team like Texas is how this team gets beat. And it's how it happened last year. I mean, it's essentially that he's using an opener. He's going to start with a right hander, pitches for three innings, then bring in Ryan Green. And all of a sudden your platoons are fucked up. That's a and, really good point. And so Seattle, I think that's. That's the key to beating this team. Yeah, maybe not even an opener, because I think opener in OOTP insists on just one inning. What you need is sort of a pseudo opener, like a guy who goes out, pitches three, maybe four. Then you turn the lineup around and you force them to pinch hit or take take advantage of that platoon difference. I mean, hell, you could do one inning. I don't know how well the openers work in OOTP, but I mean, we saw the Brewers in the in real life pitched one I think he threw one pitch or two pitches and then they swapped him out. Um so I think anything like that could mess up the mess up the Mariners because when you see Fergoso against lefties and Toby against lefties, they're not the same team and those guys are hitting one two. They're definitely yeah. not. They're they're definitely not. Um yeah, that's all I got we, other than that. They're very but, solid. Before we move on to the Knights, there's one more play that we have to talk about that we have not talked about yet and that is arguably the best pitcher on Seattle this year, and that's Corey Parizek. Led the West to strikeouts at 262. 3-1-4 yeah, ERA. Yeah, it's weird to see him have uh, such a low war number, given all of the other stats. It's because he gave up, what, 36 home runs? Exactly, but man, I, I did my voting and was surprised to see it so low, because this was an awesome year. Sub-1 whip, really, really impressive. I actually thought you were not going to say Parasite. I thought you were going to say Burwanger. Nope. Oh, yeah. That's uh, I mean, Burwanger was good, too. I mean, he is the runaway Western oh, yeah. region uh, reliever of the year. He was fantastic. I, again, you see that 50 splitter guy 
where the current is bullpen emergency starter. He's a starter on probably a lot of teams. Just you look at the stuff, movement control, but you move into the bullpen and you can't beat the guy. You, you yeah. just can't. His strikeouts double and then he's terrifying. Yeah. And for, by the way, Jake, he's third in voting right now. Don't know how, oh, Ryan but Green. he's third. Ryan Green, yeah. And Anaya edged him out. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with any of the three. You know what? The, bull, the bullpens that, right now are so good. Like, anyone who makes yeah. a ballot had a crazy good year. That's KC's guy, Anaya, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I know who you mean. Yeah, no, I thought, too, you were going to say Burwanger. I wanted to make sure we talked about him. The man had a 150-80 ERA. Like, say it out loud. I mean, for the love. Uh, I'm almost a little confused as to why his war wasn't higher, but he did only pitch 68 innings. He had three. Shit. That's a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I I have a question. Doesn't this look like a five-war season, like an Escobedo sort of season? Escobedo pitched. 100 innings. Right, exactly. 100 innings, that's a five-war season. Exactly. So why didn't he pitch the innings? Was he hurt? No, that's not the answer. I looks mean, like he, he appeared in 62 games. I don't looks know. like he used them strictly as a closer. Uh, so usually if you want to get higher innings. My, my guess is that he was an eighth inning or later closer, not an eighth plus or eighth or later. And not secondary stopper. Or and because like they didn't need to, because they have Wiseman, because they have Tobias Martinez, because they have other legit relievers, they don't need Berwanger to go two plus innings. It's interesting. I... I I thought they, they, they decided to call up Corey Martinez, who strikes out 13.7 per nine as a 273 ERA. I mean, the Mariners are terrifying. The, the Mariners are terrifying. It, okay, the Mar- now that we have sucked Dustin's dick like we always do, is it time to talk about the Knights? Uh, would you have known that of all of the playoff teams, the Knights are the lowest win total? I would believe that. You would have known that before I told you just now. Probably. In that shit okay. division? Definitely. Okay. Because it's I, not the Phillies. It's not the Cubs. It's the Knights. They're an 81-win team. And you look at their line, you're like, yeah, I see that. Yeah, they're I a bizarre guess. team. I mean, Jonathan Bashir still is bad. Yeah, but he's there's a he's, difference between bad. Now he's sort of bad in a bad, like, Nate Riley sort of season. I mean, bad, he's right? he barely hit his body weight this year after not hitting it last year. I'll tell yeah. you what, we saw old Brashear against LA, and that's probably why they won. Because he did this 1041 team, OPS, a double dinger day in game three. I mean, this is all we talked about on the preseason was if Brashear's good, the Knights are going to be good. You just right. you take and, the shittiest player in the league and replace him with an MVP. That's a massive, massive swing. The other thing we talked about on the preseason pod was how Jacob Shaver was going to kick ass now that he was in a pitcher's head. And holy shit, did he. See, occasionally we're right. Like, smart sometimes. It's not often. I was wrong about that one, actually. I did. I thought Mitch Marsh was good. Yeah, seven more from first baseman. Former Cub first baseman to rake in Vegas. Do you know how hard it is for a first baseman to reach seven war? Like, yes. this guy should get player of the year of votes. I mean, yeah. I haven't voted yet, but wow. We, I, I, I think Covelli, Kronk, uh, Shaver, and Melendrez are the only ones that hit seven. 
they're the only first baseman ever. In, are you looking at? Are you are you are are you saying that for fact? Or are you just guessing? No, I'm just guessing. I think that does the government guys look at using the ADA season and career records. That's what you're here for. I will go to now. Yeah, while Jake's doing that, I do think Kronk did it the one year that he won. Because I think the one year in Kansas City, he won position player of the year. Oh, yeah, he was in eights. He was incredible that year. Um, And the fruits of the – here's a question for you, D. Rich. So it's been done 17 times throughout the years. Okay. All-time record. Hall of Famer Luis Vargas, 1996. Oh. Joe Krog has done it once, 2015-8 war. Jordan Ramos did it in 2018, 8.42 war, .01 war short of the record. Yes, he did wow. do it. He Jim doesn't even feel Sedgwick like Sedgwick did it twice. Wow. Who Pat did it Covelli twice? did it twice. Jim Sedgwick did it and, twice. And uh, this was AI era. Bob Welch did it twice. 86 and 87 back-to-back seasons. But yeah, uh, so I missed a couple. Oops. Yeah, uh, you were right. You don't about, know Bob Welch. Yeah, you were right. About, he was a pitcher for the Dodgers, I think. So yeah, um, Jared Barton, fruit of the Contras trade. Uh, I have a question. Who won the Contras trade? So I thought Contras was done, and yeah. I was wrong. Well, that's yeah, I why like I'm I asking, should make an apology. That's, but why I'm gonna, I'm ask, that's why I'm asking the question. Who won the contrast trade? I think it's a it's hard to say because Kansas City obviously didn't get what they wanted. Um, they got the player, but they didn't get the the team wins. So it's kind of a bust for them. They gave up so much told me to finish in sixth place. I think contrast might win position player of the year this year. No. It's either him. It's either him or you're going to vote for Herman. I think it's too soon to say. I think you could give the uh, – so Kyle Baker was also acquired in that deal, and that's what got Vegas Sissel. Yeah, that that's relevant. And Jared Barden's awesome, and he has about seven picks from it. I yeah, think and, and he's also got the twos and the threes from Kansas City. So I think it's too early to, to call. Um, of course, Sissel was awful in Vegas, gave up two home runs per nine, 14 home runs. and six, it, He pitched the same amount of innings in Montreal as he did Vegas. Gave up nearly three times as many home runs. I think you could call it a win-win in some ways. You could say Kansas City lost just because they're in sixth place. You could say Vegas lost because they obviously could use a seven-war hitter right now. Right. I don't know. It's tough. I think the values, just from a value point of view, I still lean. It's a good deal for Vegas. But I, I bet really, both teams regret making it right now. I really like Garrett. I really like Garrett Barton. That's why I was looking at this. Um, 358. He didn't win the batting title. Surprises me a little. Did he not qualify because he doesn't play against lefties? He did not qualify. It wasn't close to qualifying, but he also would have lost because Encarnacion, I think, hit 360. Oh, dear Lord. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, Jared Barton, hell of a hitter. Um, Jacob Shaver, hell of a cleanup hitter. Excuse me. Encarnacion didn't even qualify. Sergio Carmona won the batting title with 337. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wow, that seems wow. Okay. It's gotta be the lowest winner in a decade, right? I have a I have a question. Does Jared I Barton, probably have an answer. 
Does Jared Martin not play against lefties? And why he might have been hurt. Yeah, but he wasn't. He has a lot of DHs on this team. Uh, it's he, been a struggle. Uh, mm-hmm. Between Bobby Garica and Sam Turton, it's been hard to, I think, figure out right field and DH. I mean, he played 76 games in right field at minus five, so he's probably a platoon DH. I don't know that he needs to platoon. I mean, Barton he, doesn't play against lefties. No, Turton plays against lefties. But he's 60 contact against lefties. He's, but Why? Turton is better both in the field. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with anything. And doesn't have the platoon disadvantage. I, I'm saying long term, I do not think Barton needs to sit against lefties. No, uh, long term, no. Um, I'd agree with that. I mean, I, I don't think he's great against lefties. I have him. Lo- I have him a little better than OSA, but OSA has him 50, 50, 40, 35, 60, which is not good by any stretch. Vegas just has too many overpaid shitty DHs, and they all have to share time. Uh, I don't know that. I think they're all shitty because Barton's not shitty. Uh, Turton is not very good. He is getting paid nine million dollars. Garika is okay. He's signed a twenty million dollar contract. Or something like that. $17 million. So he's got money tied up in these guys, so obviously he's got to find time for them. But yeah, I think if they weren't on the books, then I don't think I or Dan or anyone would have a problem playing Barton full-time DHing. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're probably right. Uh, I did not know that Turton made that much money. Uh, I think he was a Rule 5 draft. At one, in the Rule 5 draft the one time. I saw him there. Now he's, Turton... No, Turton was a former first rounder in Las Vegas, spent his entire career in the Vegas system. Yeah, I know. But I think I saw him there and then Dan must have protected him last minute or something. That's the point that I'm making. Turton is an impending free agent, just had a bad season. So my guess is that Turton hits free agency. Yep. I think that's probably true. I think Turton stays there until August in free agency. Oh, you mean in free agency. I was wondering where you were going with that. So I just don't Um, think that no one's going to sign him. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a lefty platoon bat. I mean, that's it. He's Omar Ortiz. All right. Um, the uh, Sorry, Tarlo. Not really. Um, how do the Knights match up with Seattle? Not well. Does any team match up well with Seattle? Probably not, but answer my question anyway. Um, I'm going to say they match up particularly awful. Not just, I mean. <laughs> I mean, they went 4-8 and eight against them in the regular season, and they were 34-44 and 44 on the road just in general. Yeah, so the, Seattle's just flat-out better. Um, but the Dodgers were flat-out better than the Knights. The thing was, the Dodgers have struggled all year against lefties. The Knights generally have thrown a lot of lefties. They uh, had Cortez. They threw that extra lefty with Cortez. Yeah, exactly. So that was the plan, and it worked out. So it was an upset, but it was a nice matchup. Well, um, for them, how big a bullet did Seattle dodge by not getting the Dodgers? I don't want to face Foley. I don't want to face. Uh, I feel. I feel Rath. Like it, I don't want to face Sanchez. I feel like it was a pretty big bullet. Like, I would sorry. agree. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is this is big news for Seattle. I think that that I mean, looking at by every metric available, hitting, pitching, run differential. It's tough to see a world in which you don't say that I mean, one could make an argument that the Dodgers were. The Dodgers were the second best team in the West. Well, right. Were the third, fourth best team in baseball? Yeah, I I thought there was 
they were I a mean, top they four were team. one of four teams in baseball with a run differential over 200. The Blue Jays, the Braves, the Mariners, and the Dodgers. Yeah. That's it. And I thought those were the four best. Texas short, shortly behind. Well, and to be fair, Texas was pretty close to a 200, you know, run differential. But, but yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a big win for Seattle to face the Knights. Uh, I, I mean, I agree with you. I don't want to face Jason Foley and Sanchez and these guys. Uh, it just seems like an unfortunate upset in that round if you're looking for the best teams to advance. I think, uh, sorry, continue. In a way that none of the other upsets were. I uh, think we're kind of underselling the Knights a little bit. Um, okay. We see 81, and that's awful. Uh, I think they went one and f- they, they lost like their last five games of the year. They did. Uh, but they, they, they got swept by the Angels to end the season. So that should tell you all you need to know. Yeah, they played a triple-A team on their roster. I don't think they played a single starter of those games. Oh, okay. Well, so, like, so you're right. They tr- they rested guys. So maybe in reality, it's is it closer to an 85 win team is what they would have done. Right. And that makes case, it look a lot better. You're right. In which case, they're the Cubs or the Phillies, right? Exactly. So, you know, right. And then yeah. Jonathan Brashear, man. Uh, we just don't know what, what which version of him we're going to get. And if we get the guy who can't hit his body weight, the Knights are an 84 or 85 win team. But if we get the one we saw in the first round, the Knights are a very dangerous team. My favorite player on the Knights, and I think the best player on this Knights that we haven't mentioned yet, Alex Robles. Super good third baseman, yeah. And Love I, Alex Robles. Yeah, there's not a lot of good third basemen in baseball right now. Can you He's name a better ones. one? You'd rather have Alex Robles or Flores in Toronto? I would have Flores. I'd have Marcinkowski. Um, he's probably a top five or ten guy. I'll I'm not sure. Let's see if sure. I can find the OSA positional rankings for third baseman. And, and, and we'll go through them and see. Robles is at tenth on he's that. He's tenth, which is why I want to go through the, the nine that are oh. ahead of him and see who, who we'd rather have. Flores, of course, is going to be ahead of him. And, and I think that's deserved. Of course, Flores is one of the best, is arguably the best third baseman in baseball. Yeah, no, I I love Jorge Flores, so there's that's fine. So positional strength by position, compiling report. Third baseman, would you rather have Miguel? Uh, so Miguel Carrillo, Flores, Marcinkowski, one, two, three. I think we can yeah. all agree on that. Of course. Dante yeah. Alamo. I think we can all agree on that. Um, as an as a player, yes. As an asset, probably not. Rich Francis uh, or Alex Robles? Robles. I think I would take Francis as a player. Robles as an asset. Uh, next, Juan Susana or Robles? Oh, Robles. Yeah, I would agree, Robles. Ray Rath or Robles? Ooh. See, that's an interesting one. I really like Ray Rath. I think Ray Rath has health issues. That's the only downside. Ray Rath yeah. has played 147 games this year, 148 last year. Yeah, Ray uh, Rath. A whole bunch of day-to-day stuff has never, never had an injury that has kept him out. They're, they are actually somewhat similar players, Ray Rath and Jorge Flores. I think Ray I think Rath. Ray Rath's just a, a better version of Robles. Yeah, they are. Ooh. I, th- I think I'd rather have Ray Rath. Grant Pincock or Robles? Oh, Robles. Now we're into dangerous territory. Yeah, I would take Robles as well. And then the ultimate Seattle player, Mike Tarkini or Robles? Uh-huh. Tarkini, baby. He's good. 
Yeah, Tarkini is also has a profile like Robles. Lots of contact, a little more pop. I'm surprised I might rather have Tarkini than a lot of the guys on this list. Yeah, he's awfully good. Tarkini's only 26, and he's due for arbitration. He's about to get a big raise. And he yep. probably ain't going to get in Seattle. I wonder what Dustin will do. Uh, he's, he's out 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, Seattle usually keeps these guys through ARB. Yeah, no, I think that he'll be able to make it through ARB. This is totally a guy who's going to be a free agent at 28 and leave Seattle, and they'll bring in some other 50-50 guy who has a great year. So The, th- the thing about that list, though, I don't know if you were going to continue, Jake. Uh, after that, Robles was 10th on this list. I think we kind of agree that he should be 8th or 9th. Um, but 11th onward is absolute shit. So unless you have one of the guys we mentioned, your third baseman probably sucks. <laughs> I mean, Dave Oster is 18th. <laughs> and your third baseman sucks, D. Rich. That's yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's okay. exactly what I'm saying. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, don't don't feel bad. My third baseman sucks too. It was not mentioned on that list. <laughs> Danny Muna, Muniz? No, screw him. It's some combination of Olvera or Gutierrez. You hate oh, that guy, Gutierrez. I do, I do. Anyway, third baseman fucking sucked right now. I don't know what happened, but there are just no good ones. Uh, all right, here's the question of the day. Obviously, we all agree one seed should be favored over these three seeds. Three seeds went 4-0 and in the first round. Who are you least confident in as a one seed, Jacob? Atlanta. Now, is that more about Atlanta or the Phillies? That's more about that's more about um, the teams that these one seeds have to play. I don't trust Chicago, and I don't and I don't trust Vegas. I think both those teams are completely overmatched. You trust? So I think Seattle and Texas advanced easily. When you look at Toronto versus New York, I think Toronto's arguably the best team in baseball, especially when they get Flores back. So that takes that out. I think Atlanta has some of the biggest question marks, and I think the way that Philly is played, especially against Atlanta, winning the season series, I think I'd give the biggest edge of the three seeds to Philadelphia. But I think that all all the one seeds should be heavily favored, um, and deservedly so. Oh man, interesting. Uh, Who are you least confident in if it's not yourself? Be rich. Um, it's tough because I think there's the two matchups to watch are the North and the Central. I think Chicago is inferior but built for the playoffs, and I think the Yankees are just that good. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a knock on Toronto at all. I just think the Yankees are that good. Uh, I don't see the Phillies or the Knights as a major threat, but of course, <laughs> it's the playoffs. So who the hell knows? Yeah, I mean, I think that the on paper the worst of the one seeds looks to be the Texas Rangers, but Matt gets so much out of that roster and so much out of that pitching staff, it's tough to bet against them. And I don't know how you bet against them uh, against an obviously inferior Cubs team, just talent-wise. So. But yeah, um, I don't know. Is the independent of who wins? Is whoever wins the North a heavy favorite of, over whoever wins the Atlantic? 
I don't. I, think the I, I can take the argument for for the Yankees over the Braves. I think that would be relatively easy. I think Vegas would give Atlanta like minus one forty. Um, but I think if you were to say, okay, who comes out of the North? Is it who comes out of the East? Is it the East or the North? The Atlantic? I, I'd give the edge to the North. Yeah, so, I think Toronto should be favored in every series they play. Um, I agree. It's but. not it, so it's not an even numbered year, which means we're not going to see Toronto, Seattle, hopefully. Well, and then I have a follow-up question. Should whoever comes out of the Pacific be favored and whoever no. comes out of the Central? I would take both the Cubs and the Rangers over the Knights. Interesting. Um, okay. Now, I would you take either of them over Seattle? No. Okay. No, the, the odds-on favorite for the SCS at this point, surprise, surprise, Mariners, Blue Jays. Well, I have a question. If I gave you Mariners, Blue Jays, or any other combination, what? Any think? other combination, just because it's more likely. Yeah, I'm. Sh- I'm sure the Mariners playing the Blue Jays is still like a. I mean, it, it, it's, it's like when you'd ask back in like 2004, Tiger versus the field in any major. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 th- I think Seattle versus Toronto is Tiger in this situation. But who knows? Texas could be Phil Mickelson. The Yankees could be Phil Mickelson. One of them could be John Daly. Interesting. So you guys want to continue on and make some more picks? Yeah, we can make some picks. What do you got, D-Rich? Go. Uh, I like Atlanta. I'm going to take the Yankees. Um, Just for the upset's sake. I'm going to take Texas, and I'm going to take Seattle. (laughs) And I'm going to take Texas over Seattle. I think that is the key to beating... I think that's the Achilles heel for the Seattle Mariners. The reliance on platoons and the team that pitches a starter for only three innings is the perfect recipe to beat them. I mean, how did the the Rangers beat them last time they played? What, two years ago? That was last year. Rangers are defending champs, right? Yeah. Rangers are the defending champions. Yeah, you're right, because they won 82 games and won it all. So, yeah, I, I think the Mariners... Do not match well up against the Rangers. I think they should be hoping for a Cubs victory. but uh, So I think I'll take the Braves over the Yankees. And then uh, Braves-Rangers in the finals. Wow. And who you got winning it all? Let's see a back-to-back Texas Ranger miracle. Hey, there we go. Nice to hear. All right, Jake, you're up. Go. So... Just for shits and gigs, um, we're not going to see all the one seeds. And I said previously that I think the the Braves are the are the one seed that that's most vulnerable. So I think that we see a rematch. Uh, I we see what happened ten years ago. Saw what happened in twenty eleven, Philadelphia over the Braves, and what was it seven? Six 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 games, but uh, yeah, ten years ago. So I, I, I don't think know I think the Braves I think the Braves force it to seven. Um, but but we see Jason Paris that duel Carl Bedway or whoever it is go in game seven because I don't trust Carl Bedway whatsoever. Um, so give me the Philadelphia coming out of the Atlantic. Give me Toronto coming out of the North. This team is just so fucking good. Seattle out of the West. Texas out of the out of the Central. Surprise, surprise. The three good one seats come out. Toronto beats Philly. And I know it's not an even numbered year, but I think we see another Seattle Toronto series. And I think this year Toronto wins it all. I, I honestly do. Okay. Uh, a one through four of Turner, Mercado, Anderson, Geraldo, or Arford, or whoever it is, is fucking tough to beat in a seven-game series. 
Jake, you're a pussy. You're a pussy. I absolutely am. You're a pussy. You Scared money refuse, wins no money. You refuse to honor the known it's odd known. number bias. And that's I was the honest. one that made this, that Toronto you, cannot I, win until 2024. I, I, I am I, the proponent oh, of the no will mean until 2024 theory. So frustrating. But, yes, uh, I picked the Phillies to beat the Pirates, and that worked out. So I'm going to pick them to beat the Braves. If it doesn't work out, you know what? Jesus. It was, it was you know. You just, too. Uh, it was just, yeah, uh, really. This is the year D-Rich breaks through and wins it all, makes a run to the championship. Really, this is the year. Why no. the fuck not? I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Phillies because why not pick myself? And I'm gonna take the New York Yankees. Uh, and so I'll take the underdog three seeds in the East. I'm gonna take the favorites in the West. I'll take Texas and Seattle. I'm gonna take Texas to beat Seattle in that series. I think D. Rich is onto something. As much as it pains me to admit it, that D, when D. Rich is right, you know, you say Rich that is, like twelve times every time we're on a podcast. That's because you're right a lot. And it fucking irritates me. So, so D. Rich is onto something about the way to beat Seattle is to go after them with sort of not quite openers, but turn around that platoon lineup because the way we play in these Sims, Dustin can't change it. He's relying on the AI manager to pinch it in the right spots and stuff. It makes it really tough for a guy that platoons a lot. And so I like that idea. I think Texas is the type of team, as D. Rich has said, that's successful against Seattle. I'm going to take the Yankees to beat the Phillies. And then I'm going to take Texas to beat the Yankees. Back-to-back championships for Matt. And once again, angers me. But I think D. Rich is onto something. I think Steve said something on Slack as well. Matt is thinking about the game on a level that none of the rest of us are. And I think that needs to be honored in GM of the year voting. And it just needs to be honored more in general um, because uh, it, it's really sort of profound what he's done with his team over the last several years here. Awards uh, then? Awards then. All right. I, uh, at the beginning of this pod, I went through and went through all of my awards. So I might as well start these off. GM of the year. This is the first time I've done it in a while. Uh, D-Rich made my ballot, not just made my ballot, number one. No he way. He got my vote for GM of the year. Um, again, a lot of a lot of you know I do it based on Delta wins. I know the team is is isn't that different. Um, but he went out and got Valdez. He made his team better, even if Valdez wasn't all that great. But called up guys that needed to be called up. Dante McKnight made some good signings. Nehemia Rodinson, and the team was just overall better this year. Uh, number two on my list, Michael Cadis. Again, 94-win team, a great team. Number three, Amin. Number four, uh, uh, Dustin out there in Seattle. And then number five, Chris Rippentrop. Love, love, love seeing Minnesota play well. Love seeing it when Zach gets pissed off. Uh, Going, I, well, should I just go through all, all of them? Uh, whatever you want. Zach getting pissed off is always good. Right, like we're always in favor of that. Let's just go through them one at a time. Yeah, I can, no. I, my ballots are done. All right. Uh, so GM of the year, then position player of the year. Yeah. So sure. I voted. I voted Texas uh, number one. I'd mentioned this earlier. Why I did it. It's more about the budget restrictions. I think that's a big deal. He has forty million dollars left, left less to work with than almost everybody else. Uh, two, I voted Rippentrop. Went out and got Tovar. Been aggressive. Three, I voted uh, 
Trent, actually, for being aggressive and getting that bullpen. That was a much needed for Michael. I think he as well made uh, some moves in the offseason that were key. I mean, Those big free agent signings, Frazier in particular. Every Frazier single person in their four. end of year starting lineup had 10 plus home runs. The Dodgers? Yep. Yep. That's pretty neat. And then five, I voted Amin. Uh, he went out and got Dorita in the offseason, and that has made the team much better. Yeah, I haven't voted yet. Uh, it is interesting to see D-Rake at the top of the win delta total. Uh, we had an interesting conversation about GM of the year at a, uh, in a thread uh, not all that long ago. It might have been yesterday. Uh, and uh, it's interesting this year because we don't have any guys at the top of the delta list that are – Congratulations, your rebuild's over, guys. Which is right? which is like, a good thing, right? That tends to be what this award becomes, right? So it'll be interesting to see how people vote. Uh, D. Rich has won before. I'm not sure that Mike has won before, so I I might go for Mike, um, just because I did not think the Dodgers were going to be this good. 94 wins, good. Uh, I know I think that Matt Lentz thinks about the game and different ways than the rest of us do and is thinking at another level. I really like that point that Steve made, speaking of guys that I hate admitting are right. Um, I'm probably going to throw a vote David Everett's way because uh, I feel like the Red Sox are headed in the right direction, had a good year. Uh, Beyond that, I don't know. I think Dan Frank for Las Vegas is consistently good. I'm not sure he's won before. And I'll probably throw a vote Scott Loring's way and uh, Washington uh, because Washington was – the team, if it was this year, the team you were surprised to see as high up as the standings that they were, it was probably the Washington Nationals. And they won so, 73 games, though. Yeah, I know. But they, they were 26 good. and 16. They That was a disappointing 73-win season. Right, no, correct. They really struggled in interleague play. They really struggled down the stretch. I don't know what happened. Maybe it was luck. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was 26 and 16 because of luck. But... I feel like that team's on the upswing. I think they'd be better with uh, Caleb Boston in their system. Oh, you you did not like the Bautista trade. Oh, the, he gave up his entire farm in order to try and make the playoffs, and he was not even. Close. And they have Bautista for another year, so. I know, but I I think you would certainly rather take the three or four top prospects when you're how, a seventy-two win team. I feel like the good question is how good is Bautista. He's pretty good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's that super ace. Well, that would be my question, right? Like, I I don't know that the numbers look like he's the super ace. Do they? No. No, not at all. And why? And why don't they? If he's a super ace, like I don't understand. What needs to happen? He's a low movement guy, man. You have to be really. You have to be really special to be successful as a low movement guy. Tovar is a super ace. Yeah. And he paid more than he, Tovar did. I, anyway. When Tovar was traded for, he was not a super ace. I don't know. Tovar was Tovar, traded when he was acquired, was 70-70, 75-45-60. Good, not super ace. Fair enough. He was better than Batista. Before yes. and after. How, the, I think the reason that Bautista was acquired is because there was the extra year of control in Bautista. Tovar is due for free agency. Understood. But uh, they were both moves 
to try and hey, make a playoff push. Isn't there some weird trade, like picks thing contingent on Tovar? The contingency was gotten rid of. We don't do contingency. Oh, good. We, oh, well, we do not do contingency. Once, once I saw that, I made sure that was no. We we don't do contingency. Yeah, PTNBLs are kind of weird. Yeah, PTNBLs. I wish we could do. Um, that that those are interesting. Um, but regardless, let's move on to position play of the year. Uh, out east, um, I went pretty much in order that we have it as a league. Fuchio one, Carrillo two, Steven up potential in for the award winner three, Leon Aguilar four, Matt Barton five. Out west, Brian Herman a deserving one, Bruce Contras a deserving two. I went Jacob Shaver three ahead of Galvez four with Ramon Sanchez five. I'm pretty damn similar. Uh, I thought both these awards were not close. They're, they're pretty like, straightforward. Yeah. Both guys I predicted to win MVP, by the way. But uh, I voted Nup higher, and I voted Galvez higher than you. That's about it. I think mainly because uh, Galvez being a center fielder is just amazing. I think that's just more valuable. And if I recall correctly, Nup's win probability added was so bonkers. Uh, I think he deserved an extra shout-out because that was amazing. So Amazing Nubs year. win probably probability added it was actually lower than Aguilar. I think it tanked. I just pulling it up now. He was number one in baseball by a hefty margin. And uh, actually, I guess that I would explain. We could pull this up in six point four nine plus. Weird. No, he is uh sorry. Steve Nup is number one. I had it screwed up. Number one in WPA by a fairly significant margin over. Oh, I'm looking at only comments. center fielders. <laughs> I did the that same would be thing. Why. I was looking at only center fielders. <laughs> I did the same thing. Yeah. Oh, were you so, really too? Oh yeah, Stephen yeah. up six four nine easily first. So like that, I don't know. Like, what is that worth? How much does that matter when you're a hitter? Because clearly, what does this mean? Nups two outs. Clutch. It's a fucking machine. Right. Yeah. No, he's he late and close, as they call it. Yeah. Right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna look up his stats just to see, but. Uh, just with runners on scoring position versus the bases empty, he was a different player. Uh, See, so yeah, I want, I wish, you know, if I wish the race was closer because I would throw my vote to this guy for being so clutch, but Milkman was just head and shoulders above him. Yeah, I mean, it's Melky, uh, Milky, and uh, probably Herman. Uh, I don't like. I am the president of the games played club and there are times like the one year silky got hurt that you have to ignore that because a guy has a truly historic sort of season and this is one of those years for brian herman i mean he was just that good and needs to get the award i hope he does all right let's head to pitcher of the year uh out we, we t- there was some talk earlier on Slack, and I was sort of surprised that, that John Pierre was not running away with this because, yeah, he had a bad, what, last month of the season, last three, three four weeks of the season after coming back from that injury. But he was far and away the best pitcher in the West most of the season. So he got my number one vote. I differed a bit here. And, again, I, I use our war for this. So Alvarado got my second-place vote ahead of guys like Dale Brooks and Keaton. Corey Perizek got my number three vote, mainly because, again, he led the league in Ks. Uh, Dale Brooks, number four, and Dustin Keaton, number five. Out east, again, I mentioned this earlier, Ricardo Pizana got my number one vote because he led the league in our war. 
which again, for those of you that don't know, WAR uses FIP, which is again predictive based. Our WAR uses ERA, uh, which again says what happened as opposed to what should happen. So Pizano one, Hall was two, and then Torres three, Stancil four, Ricardo Reyes five. Man, we are in perfect sync up until the fifth place guy on both ballots. Perfect sync. Um, I threw my fifth place votes to Brian Pace and Chris Mercado, but whatever. Pace, I thought, deserved a shout out. Who cares if he had the fluky BABIP? Ah, whatever. It was a great year from him. But I, again, total sync with you with the first four. I was surp- I'm surprised, to be honest, because I, uh, yeah, everyone was voting Dale Brooks. Dude pitched exactly 156 innings and was, I guess he led in war, I think. I care about innings a lot. He did. And Brooks led the the Western pitching war. Yeah, give me 50 innings. That's that's how you win baseball games. 50 innings is a lot of innings. Yeah, I mean, I look at innings pitched a lot, too. Uh, in my mind, both ballots are two-person ballots. I think it's either Pierre or Brooks. Uh, I will probably lean Pierre. Uh, I think whip is sexy. And Pierre has a little bit of a better whip than Brooks. I mean, both were phenomenal this year. Uh, and I, like Jake, tend to look at ERA and our war more than I look at war. Uh, on the east side, I think it's also a two-person ballot. I don't know how you can justify voting for anybody first that is not named Pizana or Hall. Uh, if you'd want to vote Hall, I think that's perfectly defendable, perfectly understandable. Uh, he does, just by a fraction, have a little bit of a better whip than Pizana. Uh, Pizana, just by a fraction, has a little bit of a better ERA. Uh, so are we the three first place votes for Pizana? I have not voted yet. Um, so you'll be so, the fourth then. So I, the innings pitched is a big deal to me as well. Um, I am obsessed with John Hall. I've always been obsessed with John Hall. I am not going to yell at anybody for favoring John Hall over Pizana. He totally murders Pizana in strikeouts. John Hall strikes out the world. It is not close. I, I don't know what you do beyond that. Um, Pizana really, really is better in terms of not allowing home runs. A lot of that was luck-based, as we talked about earlier. Uh, the only thing that I will say is that if you don't vote for one of Hall or Pizana, you have some explaining to do. You know, um, I think Angela Torres is justifiable. I'll say that much. Um, I know, like, the RWAR, the WAR, the ERA is a lot higher. But this was a season that's pretty remarkable. He had 350 strikeouts, the lowest whip in the league. So I, I would be totally fine if someone threw their vote to him. It's a, it's a really close race, uh, a really close race with three great pitchers, which it, is nice it, to see. It sort of will be interesting to see what people do, right? Like, do they vote for the upstart rookie? Do they vote for the guy who's been there before and all? Do they like the strikeouts more? Do they like the slow, slightly lower ERA? Right, like it's 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 an interesting concept. I don't really care. Doesn't really matter to me that Pizana wins anything except Rookie of the Year, which he should run away with. Yeah, I might be a little biased just because I see him. I want to see him win both. I think that'd be cool. But remember, like the pitching, not giving up home runs. When you think about the ballpark he pitches in, it makes it even more impressive to me. So I think on paper maybe Hall had the better year, but. I like the, I like the other stuff for Pizana just a little more. And by of all of all people, Jangles is the other vote for Pizana. Just put I, it on Slack. I think Jangles just thought he was voting for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I could use some pizza right now, too. So, Rookie of the Year, I'll mention my top three. Out East, Pizana one, Soret two. I think those are the those are the only guys one two. Avery, shout out Tony Avery, number three. Out West, Jason Clark one, Delucia two, Ventura three. Again, I'm pretty much in line with everyone on that voting. Yeah, yeah, me as well. Um, Tony Wyatt didn't make the the ballot. Don't know why that was. was uh, how many innings did he have? Thirty. That that would be why. Is that the cutoff thirty? Uh, it's, uh, he had eight, he had 30, 20 last year, 80 this year. I, I couldn't tell you why he didn't make the ballot. I, I, yeah. I don't think I could. Maybe it's cause he's a reliever and they just don't think a reliever could win that award. But, uh, I think I'd probably vote him second if he was on the ballot, but it doesn't matter. It's Pizana's award. I'm surprised it's so close. I mean, Surrett did have an awesome year. Oh, uh, you need 0.48 innings per game, which he, mm, what he's gotten there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was just something fun to watch. I thought it would be cool that uh, someone to win Rookie of the Year and in another reward. And Wyatt was in that conversation a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I, uh, while Jake is looking up the statistic, I will apologize for something that I said earlier uh, today. Uh, I hate it when I'm wrong almost as much as I hate when Diedrich is right. Um, but it is not Pizana's award and no one else is close because – Dylan Surrett is pretty close. Um, I think you'd have to favor Pizana by just a molecule or so. Uh, it's tough for me to vote for a guy whose batting average is 240. But uh, plus, of course, I'm biased. I'm obsessed with Ricardo Pizana. Um, but uh, uh, I do think that Surrett was really, really good this year, would be a perfectly worthy uh, first place vote if someone wanted to go that route. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess he the war is close, but uh, when when it's that close, hitter pitcher, it's hard not to side hitter or excuse me, side with the pitcher. I think I don't know. Both guys are worthy, like you said. And then reliever of the year. So I vote different than a lot of people. So I don't look at saves. I don't look at year. I, I usually look at when probability added, uh, which is why Juan Maria got my first place vote. Yeah, see, I I just hate that theory. Why it got know. my second place vote? Bill Moraz, third, Trammell, four, Villanova, five, Ronda Ritter did not make my ballot. Out west, I voted pretty much in sync. Green, one, Burwanger, two, Anaya, three, Homeboy, Erasmus, Maliagros, fourth. Yeah, I uh, I will say, so that D-Rich does not have to, um, I am alarmed that Tony Wyatt pitched 80 innings and had almost four war. Like, that is fucking insane. Like that is borderline illegal, right? Like, I am flabbergasted that that is the case. Do you know how hard it is to pitch only 80 innings in a crew four war? Pretty like fucking hard. Redonkulous. So I will definitely be voting Tony Wyatt, number one. Uh, I don't have any problem with win probability added. I love win probability added. And for that reason... Juan Naraya will make my ballot, but second place in win probability added and a strong first place in war is Tony freaking Wyatt, who deserves to run away with this award this year. Um, Dorito will make my ballot. So might John Trammell. I do like win probability added. So uh, some other guys like Sam Barnwell might make my ballot. But in any event, 
Bill Moraz had a really nice year coming out of the pen for the for the Black Bears. But in any event, just wanted to say that about Tony Wyatt to uh, uh, so that D. Rich does not have to. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the Atlanta bullpen was uh, super good this year. Having Wyatt and Trammell is pretty awesome. I think they both pitched a lot. Trammell pitched 115 innings this year. So I, I thought Jake might vote him just because he had this monster RWAR number. He did. He he was fourth on my ballot. But uh, I get the Nira thing. Nira? Nira. Nira thing. Nira, whatever. I don't know. He, he had a great year. I just – something about win probability added, looking at it solely, kind of rubs me the wrong way. I mean, Nariah also had a 2-1-3 oh, ERA, a whip of .83. He was nuts. But the fact that you left Dorita off your ballot, because his win probability added was negative, uh, that obviously shows how you vote. And I don't know. I just – I don't know if win probability added is a clutch thing or it's just a flat-out pure luck statistic. I don't think that it's pure luck. Um, I think there's a happy medium somewhere. I don't think that it is good to look at any one stat when voting for any of these awards. This is my upset with wins Delta for GM of the year. It's my upset with war, right? Like that's what guys do. I think some guys just sort by ERA and vote. Like that's a bad way to do things. Um, I don't think the fact that Juan Naraya is ahead in win probability added by more than a win. He's ahead by a win and a half of his nearest. So, so, what, so I'm, I'm going to defend putting Bill Moraz on my ballot for a second here. So he had five starts a season, and, and he pitched 26 starts. In his 46 relief appearances, 76 innings pitched, he had an ERA of 106, a whip of .87. I mean, come on. And a win probability yeah. of 3.1. I totally yeah. get that. I uh, didn't, didn't check that out. That's remarkable. Yeah. Had he not had those five starts, he might have won the award. When your win starts with when your whip starts with point, you're fucking a stud. Yeah. Right? And like, his ERA was 106. He that, he had more earned runs as a starter in a third of the of the third of the, of, in a third of the innings pitched. Those yeah. guys have some disgusting but low Babbitt, though. So I'm thinking that's how you. But but at the end of the day, what does it matter? Right. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. It's kind of. Yeah, matters, I don't feel like Bill Moraz's is all that bad. Sam Barnwell, you could make that case. I mean, it's but, funny. They did that. That Babbitt. But Chris Walker played 40 games in center field. That even minus eight. To, how on earth does Tony Wyatt have a war of three point eight and a Babbitt of three forty two? Because he was very unlucky. That that is incredible. That man. This is uh, again. It's turning into the me stroking Tony Wyatt show. But still, that man struck out four of every 10 batters he faced this year. Yeah, he had a FIP of two. So 2.7 ERA. Very, very good. That's really fucking good. And Dorita was right there with him in FIP. So I voted Wyatt one, Dorita two. And again, Reliever of the Year is one of those awards that's like, yeah, there's there's probably a – yeah, it's one of those where it's like, okay, I mean, yeah. I just well, like voting throw, for ninth inning guys first. They throw – well, right. You, you're moved by saves in a way that Jake and I are not. I don't give a rip about save, right? Like that's got nothing to do with it. What does have something to do with it is those strikeouts, that whip, and the fact that he's so far and shoulders ahead of everybody else in war. Like that is – it's – 
it's another 20 innings pitched from being another Escobedo type reliever season. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I agree with you. It was fun to watch, fun to be a part of. Yep, uh, he's awesome. Yeah, I'd be curious how to see if him and Trammell uh, can get their babips down. And I mean, not to fun- fucking mention Bob Davison. What is uh? I don't feel like looking it up. What is his stamina listed at for UD Rich Wyatt? Wyatt, fifty-five. Fifty-five. Okay. As we have him there as well. Okay, fair enough. All he right. pitches a lot. Wondering. Yeah, no. I was wondering because he's not quite Basinger level because I think Basinger had like a seventy-five stamina, but but yeah, he can I probably think... he can probably average eighty, ninety innings a year. I mean, Trammell's fifty-five stamina. And... Pitched 115 innings for me in the same role yeah, as well. Yeah, but he wasn't a close. Oh, was he the same role? Oh, well, wow. essentially, they both were stoppers, but yeah. Wyatt pitched the ninth. Yeah, that's that's an interesting differentiation between the Phillies and the Braves. The Phillies' bullpen pales in comparison to the Braves. As much as the Phillies have tried to improve it, we ain't got nothing on that Braves' bullpen. So Yeah, this, this is by far the best bullpen we've ever had. Yes. No doubt. All right, so. anything else to mention? I don't think so. I think nope. the awards are super duper boring. There's not even a point to go through Silver Slugger because they are all. There's not even a single debate to be had. Nope. There, I there would, was uh, going through Silver Slugger. I'm like, okay. That, I mean, I'm looking at results. I, I mean, the only, the only one worth talking about would be uh, second base in the West. Corey Daly, Corey Daly versus Sean Toby. I remember yeah. just because there was an argument today on Slack, Chris Corey or Aaron Paris for catcher in the West. Aaron Paris, better WRC plus, better Woba, better OPS. Yeah, OPS favors sluggers, but at the end of the day, Aaron Paris is worth more at the plate than Corey. Yeah, D-Rich. I, I completely agree. Really? D-Rich. D-Rich is picking the guy who hit 230 over the guy who hit 315. Their on-base was not that different. It was 12 points of on-base percentage, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. I just brought that up because I know I have not voted. I still have not voted for the awards, and I know that there was arguments about it on Slack today. Better so. Paris at the better OPS plus and better WRC plus. I'm gonna I, mean that every day of the week. I'm the only vote. thing was, um, Corey had more WAR than Paris, and it led is me that, to wonder, like, is that defense? I it, don't know. It had to be. So Paris on defense had a minus 1.5 zone rating in 120 games. Oh, there it is. Chris Corey in 121 games was minus 0.7 with a positive efficiency. Nah. Yeah, I, I don't know how they calculate it. For it's not a big effect, but it was a little bit of an effect. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how all that works. But oh, yeah, Paris had a negative efficiency and a catcher ERA above five. I mean, I remember guys going back and forth saying 230 OPS, 30 home runs, 315 average, only two home runs. They <laughs> yeah. hate triples, right? Like, and I just was wondering, so... Yeah. No, it's it's. I think it was closer than the numbers indicate, but, but it's still this Paris, in my opinion. I now, think it's Paris as well. Now, looking at the second place vote, uh, this is significantly closer than I realized. Uh, I I just voted Corey Daly and didn't really put another thought into it. But Earl Witter does have a decent, a very good case. Um, I don't love Sean Toby's case as a platoon guy, but I do like seeing 50 steals for Earl Witter. So maybe I'll rethink this one. This would be West. I mean, this, this is this is West a case where I went 
daily over Witter because so I, I I took out Toby because he had 30 less games, got the plate appearance thing by what 12 at bats and had a barely different WRC plus and Woba than daily. So I ended up going daily because he had the 44 home runs and the better OPS. That that's why I went that's why I went daily. If you want to look at steals and walks when it comes to so if it's not going to be my guest, I completely understand that. But I went daily because of the higher OPS and the same Woba WRC plus. Yeah, I think I'm going to change my vote. I uh, I voted daily. I think I'm going to vote for Witter. Damn, you guys. This is really sexy. There are not two, but three guys in convention <laughs> here. This is uber fun. And they're all within molecules of each other at WRC+, Plus, which is the first thing I click on when I'm voting for Silver Slugger. Damn, it's close. Damn, it's close. Well, Sean Toby's not going to make my ballot at all. He's immediately kicked off because it's close in WRC+, Plus and he doesn't play every day. Uh, and so beyond that, it's really just a question of whether you'd want the steals and the better on-base percentage or the 100 points of slugging. And again, I don't really care which of those you pick. It's really tough to ignore 44 home runs. It's really tough to ignore 50-plus stolen bases. And well, I think one of the other reasons to, to vote daily is that if you didn't play against lefties, you'd, you'd have OPS 948 and 149 plate appearances against damn. just lefties. Yeah. Earl Witter went 55 for 63 on the base pass today. I just thought I'd mention that. And here's the thing about Witter. Um, he played six less games. He has a higher war and worse defense. So I think uh, that number accounts for the stolen bases. And I think just in that case alone, you got to say uh, Witter would get a slight edge, I think. I did I did not realize Corey, Earl Witter was worse than Corey Daly defensively. Corey They're Daly's both a good really defender. good. They're both really good. I mean, I, yeah, I mean. Plus three versus plus five. I mean, they're both awesome. Yeah. It's just, I, I did not realize it. Not anybody's fault. I just did not know. But yeah, but, no, that award is sexy. Thanks to Jangles for bringing that up. Because yeah, that, thank you. That's good stuff there. I don't know what I'm going to do there. Boy, I know it's not going to be Sean Toby, but I'll, I'll let you know who it's going to be. But Daly or Witter, boy, that's freaking tough. So. All right. I think that does it for our season in review. Good luck to all the postseason teams and congrats to all of the players that we voted for on awards for Trenton Deerish. I am Jake. I will see you guys in Slack. Good night.